following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host. Fabulous one, Scott Freytown, along with my co-host today, Boom. Tyler Dean. No, no, we're talking about the Cannonball, Alex Steele. Alex, welcome back to the show. Boom goes the Cannonball. Thanks for having me on, pal. Uh, we, you know, uh, I had to save the show from being on Tyler time yeah, again. Well, Thanks, well, asshole. Always <laughs> so, on Tyler time. Always, yep, always. always. Vacation. We're always well, you, on. Always on Tyler time. I'm always, you know, I'm there for that hot tag though, brother. Let's, let's get it done. You know, duck, bump and feed, bump and feed. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Alex comes in with the hot tag house of fire and we are back. We are ready to rock and roll. Um, Alex, we, I mean, we're a few short days away. Most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, Thirst. Short it's days ju- away. Just this Thursday. It's, it's, it's the season opener with the Bills and the Rams. And that's going to be a hell of a game, by the way. Yes. I'm just very, very much looking forward to that. That is going to be one hell of a game. I have, I still have to get – so Tyler, he was supposed to, to get me a recording of, of uh, his, his um, uh, commentary, I guess, about the Lamar Jackson contract stuff and whatever the case may be, and it kind of feeds into other stuff. He was also, But he's also got to get me his picks. I've got to bug Tyler to get me his picks for the week. So um, that's going to be a whole other thing, but you are going to make your picks, and uh, we're going to get that cruising as well. But as it currently stands, uh, Tyler is a two-time champion in the picks department, so I've got to got to fight back. Got to got to re-strategize, uh, negotiate, do whatever you got to do to to knock him off his pedestal. Yep, yep, yep. He is he has dominated um, the, these last two seasons. I believe he won last year and the year before. So uh, we're back and. Um, Man, football, God, I missed it. Football missed it. is back, yes. Football is, is about to be back here on Thursday. We're going to have a, a week load of games. I mean, I'm just all fired up. But let's talk about uh, – we had some quarterback contracts go on here. We're going to talk a little bit about the news around the league. Alex, uh, let's get into the big one here. The Broncos signed quarterback Russell Wilson to a five-year, $245 million extension. It includes 165 million guaranteed, 49 million per year. I mean, this guy. Look, it's Russ Wilson, and I understand it's Russ Wilson. Russ but, Wilson, very human last year. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and get and how and how old is our young man here? I think he's got to be in his uh, late 20s or his 30s. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, he's very dynamic and still a very mobile quarterback. So yeah. this is definitely an investment. Uh, from the Broncos organization. Uh, you know, the, the, things didn't pan out with Teddy Bridgewater last year. Um, and I think Drew Locke is just sitting in the, you know, sitting waiting in the wings. They really need to get him up to code um, before they could really consider him. Waiting in the wings anymore. He's with Seattle now. So in, in yep, he got traded in that uh, oh. blockbuster trade for Russell Wilson. But, uh, you know, here's my thing about this. Here's my thing. And, and you're right, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, last couple of years eh. right and then and then drew lock and eh. mean, you don't you don't really know uh, uh the the quarterback situation has been just rough over there in denver and they're looking for that 
that solidarity. They're looking for that that Peyton Manning style return. Um, Russ Wilson's 33 years old. He came off of a hand injury last year. Let's not forget he hurt his thumb. Mm-hmm. He had to have that surgery. We got to see Geno Smith come in for the Seahawks for that- one good game. Everybody was like, "Wow, he's great!" And then we knew then the, you know the 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 curtain was exposed, and we found out just what a mad guy Geno Smith is. Right, and we see we always see Geno Smith. I mean, like like everybody sees like a good game out of him, and everybody gets excited. And oh, but maybe Pete Carroll has that untapped potential, and and he figured it out, and he unlocked it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Geno Smith is still crap, <clears throat> and we know Geno Smith is still crap. Yeah, but the fact that he won a starting job over Drew Locke is uh, either a a really big indictment on Drew Locke, or b it's uh, just the fact that he knew the system and you know. Pete Carroll starting to get a little crazy at his old age, but uh, I mean, already he might be, but at the end of the day, um, you know, Russ Wilson getting this contract in Denver, I think it signifies that to me anyway, the Denver may see that Russ Wilson is looking like the Russ Wilson of old, which Mm -hmm. could very well be the case to me on a 33 year old quarterback. A guy that just came off a, a, a game or a year where he, he injured his hand and he, he couldn't throw the ball properly. And he looked, like I said, he looked very, very human last year. He did not look like Russ Wilson. So seeing that and seeing Russ Wilson uh, uh, in the way he was last year, I don't know that I'm giving him the second most money in the entire NFL. It's it's definitely a gamble, and uh, you know I'm willing to see it pay off. I really do want to see what he does. I mean, maybe he's motivated by the fact that he got hurt and wants to show the world he can still go. You take five years off of that age if you go from 23 to 20, 33 to 28. You know, it's a no brainer. But mm-hmm. the fact is, you know, w- when you start getting into that 30s range, unless your name's Tom Brady, you know, chances are you're you're at the end of your slide. You know, yeah. you might be finding yourself behind a desk at Espen or something. Yeah, the, the prime for, for football players is generally between, you know, around 28, maybe even 27, to about 32, 33 years old. So that means he's just exiting that prime, and, and it's all downhill from here. I, I think they're they're looking to see if they can milk a few more good years out of him. And and I, I think five years was a little too long for Russ. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes out and, and acts like Peyton Manning and winds up winning a Super Bowl with them. We don't know. We don't know yet. I mean, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to find out, right? And and it'll be exciting. And and really, it he just comes in and he gets signed to a big contract at a, an already loaded uh, AFC West, which I mean, yeah. it's just just outlandishly uh, uh, filled with this embarrassment of riches. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's kind of incredible incredible to me. But this this whole contract signing kind of goes hand in hand now with the Lamar Jackson contract. And Lamar, you know, he wants a fully guaranteed deal. Um, he's made that very clear. We, we've talked about it on this show. Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal. Tyler thinks he's crazy. I do too. Um, but on, on the other end, I, I think Lamar Jackson does want to, in fact, be the largest paid quarterback in all of football. I do believe that he's kind of trying to press the issue. If he doesn't get signed by the Ravens in a big way, um, you know, into that long-term deal for that huge money. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Ravens maintain him as their quarterback. 
I think Lamar Jackson hits hits free agency. And frankly, mm-hmm. I, I mean, they could. I think they could tag him. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they can tag him. But right. is Lamar Jackson going to play on a tag? I don't know. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he does go to free agency because that'll that'll turn into a piranha a piranha pond. Everybody and their mother's going to be wanting to get get a hold of this guy. I would I would think that um, you know I don't think uh, he I don't think he'd be a, a land in Detroit. You know, me with my brain. I mean, you know, MCDC has got Jared Goff on lockdown, which he. I mean, it's not, you know. It's not God tiered by any stretch of the imagination, but he's got a plan down there. So where do where where does he land? You know, does he stay in the AFC? Does he go? Does he stay in his own division? Does does, does he maybe pop over to Pittsburgh or Cleveland or Cincinnati? No, not Cincinnati, but or does he go to maybe like a beleaguered AFC? <laughs> would it would he possibly go to the Houston Texans? You know, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, that is a thought. Hey, the the thing is, there are so many teams that are are. Um, needy at the quarterback position, um, and I, I think that if I'm if I'm like Lamar Jackson, if I know like how Lamar Jackson kind of functions, I think Lamar would probably go over to a team that is, uh, you know, poised to be a winner. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I that that would be. I mean, I I would bet good money on that that he would go to a team, the Saints. You know, I mean, yeah, a team like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, Lamar. I feel like the Ravens are are playing roulette here. And I think Tyler, you know, like, look, I, I think Huntley looked really, I believe that's a good, the backup there. Tyler Huntley, I think he looked good last year um, it, when he played in reserve for Lamar. Mm. But I do believe, I don't subscribe to the the uh, mindset that Tyler has, where mm. you, we have this, this, um, and and I hate to call Tyler out on a show that he's not on, but uh, th- this blatant homerism, right? And, and that's kind of where where he believes that Huntley can be the next great star for the Ravens, and he's going to wind up being like you know like, you know the next Tony Banks or whatever the hell. He's going to be the next big thing out there that comes out and takes the Ravens to the Super Bowl. And da, 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 da. hang on a minute, and mm. it ain't happening. I, I like Tyler Huntley. I think he's a good backup. I think he's the kind of guy that can fill in for, uh, you know, four or five games. And, you know, you'd be all right. You walk out of it maybe three and two, two and three with a good 500. But is Tyler Huntley a starting quarterback in this league? I don't think so. Not at this moment in time. No, I don't subscribe to it. And and Tyler believes that because of his performance last season, which wasn't bad, uh, that that he believes that, oh, well, he's the next big starter for the Ra- I don't think that's the case. And, and uh, yeah. I think if, Ravens- if, if Lamar skips town, the first thing the Ravens are going to do is probably search for a higher tier quarterback that got dropped from another team. That's the first thing they're going to do. Exactly. And yeah. and that's kind of what I'm what I believe. But, um, you know, Tyler seems to think that that Huntley is the guy. And I'm like, mm, OK, but um, at the end of the day, Lamar, you know, I feel like the Ravens are playing Russian roulette with their future here. Yeah. And, and you could see Lamar you know, prison break here, uh, right out of ball. <laughs> Here's the question too. How many bullets are in the chamber? Is it yeah. one or is there more than one? <laughs> right. And, and the Ravens have also, you know, according to several reports, um, they started the negotiations off with an extreme low ball of Lamar, which was kind of, of, apparently, uh, responded to as a slap in the face. Lamar, he said, as a week one, I will not be discussing my contract until next off season. It's, it's just kind of getting to a level where, 
Uh, I think the Ravens are should start pressing the panic button a little more. Um, I know he wants at least 50. I know he wants more than Kyler Murray for for damn sure. I know he wants more than Russ Wilson. Personally, I think if Lamar is the – if he can – because last year he's coming off an injury. If he can avoid an injury this year, if he yeah. goes in and he plays at the level that we believe – and that he avoids injuries and he gets where he needs to go and shows that MVP caliber caliber season that we saw a few years ago, then, you know, okay, yep. pay the man. Get, 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 get him to get the Ravens to the AFC title game or get him to the Super Bowl or even win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think those are your three, like, you know, good, better, best options for you. But if he doesn't do that, then. Or, or MVP season. If he, right, if yeah. he, he MVPs out and there's, I mean, if he, you get a, a second MVP, bro, you're getting paid. Yep. Paid. Agreed. That's, I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers hasn't won a Super Bowl forever. Sure. He goes to the NFC title game every year and gets his ass pounded. But, <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, he's won so many MVPs at this point, the Packers like just pay the man. And, well, and they go well he's, he's, he's also in every state farm commercial we see on, on TV <laughs> and it's annoying as hell, but you, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. Right. So, I mean, at the uh, that's what it comes down to here. I, I mean, and, and Tyler's going to have a different take on it on the next show. We're probably going to sure. talk about it and it'll be very entertaining. But the uh, the Ravens and, and Lamar are about to be at a standstill. And uh, here we go. You know, um, speaking of the Ravens, the Ravens did release safety Tony Jefferson um, and he goes out and signs with the Giants on a one year deal. This one came like, – so I asked Tyler about this. He said it didn't come as a surprise to him. It kind of came to as a surprise to me because – after the Kyle Hamilton selection in the draft, it was actually Chuck Clark that asked for a trade. And mm. Chuck Clark doesn't get traded. Tony Jefferson gets released. Jefferson signs with the Giants on a one-year deal. I think the Giants get a good safety there. But, um, yeah, Tony Jefferson getting released by the Ravens, sort of a surprise, right? Yeah, I would – I mean – I, I don't follow uh, the the, Ra- you know, the Ravens organization as closely as you or Tyler, uh, but just like uh, from a guy on the outside looking in, you know, it does, you know, if, if I had access to his stats, I could probably uh, get a high better end, story, high but. High end safety, a little older. Yeah. I mean, so d- I'll take your word for that. So, you know, I would say that, you know, a bit of a head scratcher. I mean, especially if he's, if he's, if he's had, you know, clutch plays throughout the season last year. Right. You, know, you need a secondary out there. Yeah. I mean, he's 30 years old, so he just hit his age 30 season. Uh, Chuck Clark is, is sitting at 27 years old. He wanted that trade, um, but and, and he didn't get it, obviously. It, that that didn't happen. Um, and, and that's okay. I think Chuck Clark is a good safety, and at 27 years old, he's just going to get better. And and Kyle Hamilton, I think people are, are sort of, honestly, people got excited about him in the draft. But I still think people are somewhat sleeping on him a little bit. I think mm-hmm. scouts are sleeping on him. People are not don't believe in Kyle Hamilton, and I still do um, until he proves otherwise. You know, I, I but that that is what it is. But Tony Jefferson is a veteran player. He's been around for a while. Yep. He's been with the Ravens organization. He's played well for the Ravens organization. Um, yeah, stat stat line isn't quite lit up for the last season, but for his career, it's not that bad. I mean, ten almost ten sacks. Uh, eight forced fumbles. Uh, you know he recovered three of them throughout his career. Well, let's, uh, let me let me just point this out. Tony Jefferson last year, just looking at his his uh, Pro Football Focus grades, uh, uh, yeah. seven three and a half. 
pro football focus grade, uh, 76.1 in coverage um, as a safety for, for the Giants. I mean, in 2020, he didn't really play. He, he did have an injury-plagued uh, season there, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, 2021 played at a high level. 73.5 is nothing to sneeze at. No. Um, had, had a rough go in, in 2019, and I think basically the entire Ravens organization uh, sort of had a, a rough go in 2019. But before that, 72.4 PFF grade in 2018. I mean, 2017, 70.2. I mean, and his run defense was phenomenal. His pass rush was phenomenal. He's used mm-hmm. it in for different packages. Uh, here's another one. Uh, 2016, 73.9. He had a 90.9 run defense grade. Like, people need to look at that and go, hmm. Hey. It's a good safety. He's <laughs> a high-end safety. I think he's got a major upside appeal for, for the uh, Giants who yeah. are desperately looking to get a hold of players that can kind of glue that team together. Um, I mean, yeah, after Dave Gettleman basically gutted it and trashed it, you know, they, they got to rebuild. So, right. And uh, here we are. So, here. But Tony Jefferson goes to the Giants. I think that's a really solid move. Uh, speaking of the Giants, they go ahead and release linebacker Blake Martinez after two seasons. Martinez is a good linebacker. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of surprised by this, to be honest with you. Good linebacker. And and uh, I, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, they signed him. I mean, he, he had a, a tough year last year. He had a very good year in 2020. I mean, just, again, I, I look at the pro football focus grades a lot, but look at this. 75.9 overall in 2020, 2019. Yeah. I mean, it, the guy has, he has good grades. Yeah. He's, he's very for pass rushing grade. I mean, like, what is happening? Yeah. His, it, his, his stat line is pretty consistent throughout the years. He was at green Bay. Then with the giants, you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe 2021 wasn't as lit up, but you know, just like you said, he's been very consistent. So, I mean, what do you, what are you guys doing over there? Yeah, I, I mean, guess you got to make room for. I guess you got to make room for some other players, but eh, this probably wasn't the best move. It's a surprising move, to say the least. It really is. And if you look at at that move, I, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, Martinez has been a good player for a while. Um, he's he's only guaranteed 1.25 from them um, on the rework deal. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like the Giants kind of did him dirty a little bit. Um, Martinez, I mean. There's going to be teams out there that are going to be going after him uh, as soon as he, he, you know, picks up the phone. I mean, as soon as he walked mm. out of the building, he probably got the, at least three or four phone calls. I'm sure. like, yep, like I said, it's a piranha pool. You know, uh, get get in there before all the scraps are gone. Shit, so, I, would. Uh, I would. My God. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you go after him? Detroit, just, Detroit secondary yeah. needs guys. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, I mean, you, you need a good linebacker. You guys do need linebackers over there. That's one thing you definitely need. So, we you got to get some some somebody in that front seven that's a playmaker. Uh, speaking of your boys, they go out and they wave quarterback David Plow. Um, mm-hmm. They actually get a good replacement. They signed 49ers backup quarterback Nate, Nate Sudfield, um, and uh, Blau is he winds up signing on with the Vikings practice squad. Um, Blau wasn't really a great you know, backup uh, quarterback for you guys. He did fill in in that Thanksgiving game a few years back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep, I, I vaguely remember seeing him out there. Yeah, he didn't, he, he wasn't anything incredible. Um, but, you know, he'll be a good practice squad guy for the Vikings. But you guys waving him, 
picking up Nate Sudfeld, on the other hand, Sudfeld actually had himself a really nice preseason this uh, this offseason. And, you know, I'm surprised anybody let him go on waivers or, you know, even let him hit free agency pool. Well, you know, well, MCDC was there to pick up the pieces. So, uh, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, Jared Goff's the guy. You know, he's going to yeah. be the starting guy. But, you know, anything can happen where, you know, somebody might hit hit him too hard. And, well, we got to go to the backup well. So uh, it, it's it's uh, endearing to know or uh, com- comforting to know, I guess, uh, that we have uh, quite a competent backup in uh, Sutterfield. Yeah, Nate, Nate Sudfeld, he's um, – Sudfeld. Sudfeld, yes. He's a, uh, he's a high-end backup. That's, that's basically what you got there. He's a higher-end backup. Um, not a lot of people have, have put a lot of stock in him, but he actually, like I said, he had himself a really great preseason, and he looked strong. And I understand it's just preseason, but – that's kind of what you expect out of backups is if they're having a really high end preseason like that, chances are they're going to be a really good backup. And yeah, that's kind of at that point. So that's what you, the preseason's for. Just check out, hey, who who do we have that we don't know are diamonds in the rough? Right. You know, well, I know I've got my my starters and I know who's going to be on the team. And I'm like, hey, take a look at this guy or take a look at that guy. You know, he might he might be something. And another yeah. uh, surprise released by the Lions, linebacker Jared Davis gets released. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little concerning. It's confusing, um, and and the Lions have had this history of releasing good linebackers over the course of the last couple of years. And I understand people aren't really big on Jared Davis, at least in this town, but he is not a bad, you know, back or linebacker. I don't, at least I don't think. Um, I I don't understand the move. I I just I don't. I don't get it. Uh, and, and he's been around the Lions organization for a while. I get it. 2021, he had a, a rough year, but 62.2 PFF grade in 2020, 2019. I mean, he had a 72.4 pass rushing grade in 2019. I mean, he's been used in, in these notoriously weird spots, but he's a good tackler. He gets it done. I, I don't think he's, you know, the second coming of Ray Lewis by any stretch of the imagination. But he gets it done, and apparently he's, they like to use him in a pass-rushing situation. I mean, he had 72 solo, solo tackles in one year. His run defense and his pass-rushing grades, just he's a blitzing linebacker. Let's be real about what this guy is. You yeah. do him as a blitzing linebacker, and he's successful a majority of the time. And his his PFF grades aren't going to um, showcase the overall you know what right. I'm saying? They're not going to showcase a positive overall grade because, like, in pass coverage, he's horrible. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's terrible in pass coverage. But, like, his run defense, as far as blitz and blitzing and blitzing the quarterback, he's actually a higher-end guy. It's kind of like Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, for, for the last three years of his Vikings career, everybody said he sucked, and, and myself included. And, and in a way, Anthony Barr did. But the reason Anthony Barr was looked at as a sucky player is nobody was looking at the fact that when he was blitzing the quarterback, he was the sixth most effective pass rusher in all of the NFL. So you're <laughs> like, oh, well, that's an interesting thing. Jared Davis is no different. Nobody's looking at the fact of what he's good at and what he's known for and what he's used for. And that's what teams should be looking at. If you need a pass rusher, if you need a blitzer, if you need a guy, middle linebacker, because that's what he is. He would be probably a better middle linebacker in that 3-4 scheme and if he's just used as a blitzing 
linebacker and not a linebacker that needs to back up into coverage. You need to use him as a blitzer. You need to use him as a guy in run coverage. You need to use him as a guy sacking the quarterback. That's what, what my takeaway is when it comes to Jared Davis. Yep, I see no holes in that logic, and you know it, it makes total sense. You know, uh, it, it, I mean, yeah, it's important to block the pass, but you know, it's much more effective to get to the quarterback before he can even throw the ball. So you know, that thing to drop it in the nickel in that situation, and and just say, hey, Davis, you know what? I just want you to blitz. Yep. Hey, you know, the, have have the have the coverage guys take care of the coverage. Yeah. Have them take care of the coverage. If you have guys that can cover, let them cover. Let him just blitz the quarterback and have a blast. Yeah. Or let him come inside and, and blast the running backs because his grades in those categories are extraordinarily high. Mm-hmm. So just saying, yeah, they should be utilizing him differently. As Jamal, uh, Willi- as Jamal Williams said, let the big dogs eat. Exactly. And and you know what? There's another guy that that was used in that capacity last season. He was a stud last year. And uh, he won't be there this year for the Titans. Titans pass rusher and linebacker Harold Landry tears his ACL. He's likely out for the 2022-2023 season. We won't be seeing him. Um, That is a huge Mm. kick in the balls for the Titans. Uh Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. That sucks for them because their defense Mm -hmm. was so effective with that front seven last year. Their secondary was miserable. But that front Mm -hmm. seven blew the doors open and just belted quarterbacks all year yeah. long. Mm-hmm. And Harold is a huge part of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. You talk about pressing the panic button. I think uh Titans organization might need to, you know, might need to start looking and say, Hey, how do we fill that gap? You know, mm-hmm. see, they're, they're going up against, uh, I believe Tennessee is playing. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule. Oh, I can't believe they're not playing. Uh, but you know, they're gonna, you know, what they're gonna be playing the New York Giants. So, yeah, I mean, it's they eh. have an easy goal in that first one, but I mean, let's listen, listen to the schedule: Bills, yeah. Raiders, Colts, Colts again. You got Commanders and eh, Texans and eh, Chiefs, yeah. Broncos now with Russell Wilson, yeah. Packers, Bengals, yeah. Eagles. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rough go. You got to fill that spot. You got to do it quick, Jack. Then they got the Jags and eh, Chargers, Texans and eh, Cowboys. I mean, it's just this isn't uh, some some cupcake schedule. The Titans have one of the tougher schedules in the league on paper right now. Yep, I'd be shitting bricks if I were them. Yep, I mean, and especially especially knowing the quarterbacks that are going to be in those backfields and the running backs and the weapons that they have. You need Harold Landry on the field. Yeah, he's a key dog, and mm-hmm. and he's not there. It's a huge problem. So now the uh, the Titans will be without Harold Landry. That's going to be an issue for them. I I and that's it's funny that that we're talking about this because the moment this is how how strongly I feel about this. The moment, and I had I had picked up their defense, and the moment in fantasy football, and the moment that Harold Landry went down, I dropped them and picked up the Bengals defense. Yep. <laughs> it's like that just like it was that quick. I'm like, yep. I asked about it. Yeah, that is no that is no good. That is a that is that's that's a bad news bears right there. Yeah, that should be setting off alarms for folks right now. Um that's that's a big deal. 
now we got some uh, releases around the league, especially in the case of the Bills. The Bills release O.J. Howard. He goes and signs with the Texans. You know, everybody thought O.J. Howard was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of looking like Dawson Knox is the next man up, and everybody should mm-hmm. be shitting because Dawson Knox is the next man up. Um, he had a good year last year, Dawson Knox did. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I was kind of surprised by the O.J. Howard signing anyway, to be perfectly honest. I, I didn't see that coming. But as it stands, uh, Dawson Knox will get the start, and O.J. Howard is now with the Texans. And I, I think it might be a good fit because the Texans need all the players they can get. Yeah. And O.J. Howard really will get an opportunity to shine there with a very young Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. And if it work out, great. If it doesn't work out, okay, he's on a one-year deal. So he's going to yeah. get the opportunity to look good. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, The Houston Texans are a dumpster fire to begin with. So anything that can be used to put out the flames, I'm like, let's do it. Let's get it done. You know, he you know yeah. he was a, he he ran around in uh, Tampa Bay for a while. You know, catching balls from Tom Brady. You know, switch shifting this shifting the responsibilities with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So you know, he's been in you know high tier uh, systems before. So it'll be a bit of an adjustment to go to Houston, especially with a younger quarterback. But uh, with that kind of pedigree behind him, you know, Houston, you know, should benefit from that. Yep. So the Bills released him. Also, the Texans went out and released running back Marlon Mack. This clears the way for the rookie Damian Pierce to be the starting running back. Kind of a surprise. I really was anticipating Marlon Mack being the starting running back for the Texans. I think a lot of people did. And uh, here we are. The The Texans are are looking at a potentially new star running back in Damian Pierce. Lots of people making moves for him in fantasy football. Um yep. What do you make of Damian Pierce? I mean, I know in college he was pretty damn good. Uh, he was a, a kind of a bruiser. Uh, and, and here we are with the Texans getting ready to start a rookie. Start, They're going younger over there in Houston. Yep. I mean, well, you know, I think that might just be like, it could be fallout from the Deshaun Watson situation. You know, they're just trying to make trying to make good after their owner revealed his nasty tendencies. But, uh, but you know, we don't know what his stats. Well, I guess we could find out, find out what his college stats were but uh what college is he coming from uh, uh damien oh florida yeah he went florida, yeah, yeah he's coming so he's coming from florida so he's coming from the swamp so he does have the sec pedigree behind him um you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see you know i i think it's i think it's a good move you know uh maybe maybe it would have been better to keep to keep the other guy and have uh, pierce just sit in the wings and you know, learn the game, but you know, that's a good, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do a baptism by fire, uh, so to speak, you know, this is, this is the town to do it, I suppose with low yeah. expectations across the board, you know, who knows, they might end up surprising some people. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, the guy was taken in the fourth round uh, of this year's draft and, and he, he really is, is solid when he, when it comes to like actually putting up yardage after contact, um, really kind of a lower, lower your shoulder kind of guy and, and blast somebody, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he doesn't really have that, that high motor that I think that a lot of running backs, uh, you know, have in this league, but man, he's a big bruising kind of back. And, and you love to see those guys that are kind of, he's sort of seeking out contact in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that Damian Pierce is that guy. He is sort of, he does sort of seek out contact, uh, and he's going to wind up getting a start. 
he's going to wind up being the starter over there for Houston. So good on him uh, for doing that. But we were talking about the Bills and, and uh, O.J. Howard getting traded over to uh, the Texans. The Bills had sort of an elephant in the room over the course of the last couple of weeks here. Yep. Uh, th- this one was kind of wild. First of all, the, the Bills go out and they release uh, the punter, Matt Areza. They, they drafted him this, this year, the rookie. Um, accusations emerged of yep. uh, Matt Areza uh, allegedly sleeping with a, a minor, um, and then uh, he, was, he was under investigation for that. And then it, I, according to that, that same minor was saying that him and his uh, former, two of his former SDSU teammates were, were gang raping her. And, and I mean, some really wild, nasty allegations here. Uh, a civil suit was filed. You know, this is one of those things, you know, nobody knows what went on there. They signed the, uh, the former Lions punter, Sam Martin, in his place. Nobody knows what went on in this Matt Areza situation. Areza says he's out there to clear his name, as, you know, most athletes do say. You know, I feel like, um, you know, I understand why, you know, certain organizations are, are like, at this point in time with how the court of public opinion is, you know, releasing players, you know, pretty quickly after these allegations come out. Um, this is one where I, you know, not a lot of people know what went on there. I guess there, there was a pretty uh, significant investigation in this whole thing. And, and there, there seems to be, you know, according to the police, there seems to be some degree of an admission of him sleeping with said minor, um, Mm. you know, according to the police, whether or not that's true, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out in the civil case. Um, but no criminal charges have been filed, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a red flag. You know, we were talking about that earlier and, you know, on chat and we were like, well, <laughs> what could, what could be going on there? You know, yeah. uh, it's a weird thing that no criminal char- charges were filed, you know, and generally speaking, you know, the police departments or the DA or, or somebody is going to file those charges. Really confusing situation. And I don't know, like, like some people look at it, oh, this might just be a cash grab and it might, it might very well be, who knows? We don't yeah. know this thing. Yeah, but, we don't have all we don't have 100 percent of the facts. Right, right. I, I want to, you know, and I don't want to you know, speak out of term when I don't when I don't have the facts of the situation. But what I do know is that that there is a significant investigation in the whole thing. And I'm hoping um, that we can all get to the bottom of it, you know, and, and figure out, is this guy a piece of shit or not? that'd be that'd be a little that'd be that'd be pretty important because you know if he got if because of this area got uh picked up uh he got picked up by another team but you know if they uh you know but i you know if they if if the if if the truth comes out and it's like oh wow this guy's nuts then you know he's they're gonna have to show him the door sooner than later i don't think the nfl is going to touch him with a 10-foot pole right now any team uh, the NFL right. as a whole, the league w- wasn't able to punish him in any way, shape, or form. They weren't able to suspend him or anything like that. It was mm. actually Bill's organization that made the choice to say, hey, get the fuck out of here. Mm. And blame them one iota. Uh, right. I, they, I, have, I, they, have, they have an image to uphold, you know, especially yep. with the fact that they have as good of a team <laughs> as they do. You know, they could possibly be Super Bowl contenders. They definitely yep. don't need the negative press. Exactly. And, and the Bills actually... Uh, they they um, took some flack too for I mean according to to some folks they felt the the bills were kind of lackadaisical in their response time with this whole thing and I mean as far as I'm concerned I think you know the bills mm-hmm. they they kind of 
bided their time to find out what the fuck was happening. And as soon as they realized what was going on, they said, all right, no, fuck we, it. we do live in an age where it's like, you know, it's, a, it's, it's more of the emotional, you know, switch kick snap thing. And it's kind of hard, hard to find the real words, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, you feel like you need to have a snap reaction to it, but hold on, you know, that may not be the best way to go about doing things. You got to get, you have to collect information. You right. know, and you got to you have you have to know enough to make an informed decision, uh, right? So, right. and that was you know, the thing. I, I think sometimes the court of public opinion gets gets a little out of control. It, it becomes yeah. more of guilty until proven innocent. Um, <laughs> you know, and and it, and then when you when it's like, hey, wait a minute, we we don't know the facts of this case. Nobody does. You weren't there. I wasn't there. Nobody was there. Nobody knows shit. Uh, some people, th- this is where the court of public opinion turns into, well, listen to this guy defending that piece of shit. Well, well hang on a minute. Nobody's defending this fucking guy. Yeah. yeah time out. Time out. We're we all, just, we all, we all know what he did was wrong. They're in the room. He's watching Matt Areza do whatever he was doing at, at San Diego state. You know, nobody fucking was not you, not me, not anybody. So let's shut the fuck up for a minute and wait till the information comes out before we start coming, jumping to conclusions, shall we? Yeah, I I think that'd be great. (laughs) I want to know if the guy's a piece of shit, too, but I'm also not going to call him a piece of shit until I know for sure that he's a piece of shit. You know, let's 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 get there first. okay? can we do that, please? I think. Yeah, please. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) that's crazy that that I had. I had a guy on Twitter jump all over me and and for for like saying, wait a minute, we we don't have that information yet. Nobody has that information yet. Well, you're defending. No, 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 no. Nobody's defending. (laughs) Uh, yeah, because Twitter's because Twitter's so full of people with r- rational thought and uh, <laughs> and, and, and educated uh, educated opinions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the Twitterverse is probably the most toxic fucking place. Oh. Times. I mean, I, I've I've known that for years. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's a, it's amazing. But people people, as soon as like I, I mentioned, hey, wait a minute, we don't all have the information. Suddenly, it was just like. It's this guy, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hang on a minute, fuck face. No, and so it's just what people do. Look, we don't know if if Matt Areza is a piece of shit. Fuck him. Then bye bye. Did fuck him. You know, like he's a piece of shit. Let's get him out of here. Nobody knows. So let's mm-hmm. win, guys. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to call somebody a piece of shit until I know for sure that he's a piece of shit. So yep. <laughs> let me let me get to on that level. So the Bills making moves, though. Uh, they go out and sign Sam Martin in his place. Sam Martin, yeah. hell of a punter. Uh, he was a former Lions punter. Yep. Hell of a he sure was. You know, I, th- I think he was you know, probably one of the most consistent players on that team. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're talking special teams. So good pickup by the Bills, you know. Um, you know so let, let's see what happens with that. Good veteran guy. Solid leadership. I, I like that signing. I think it, it was a really solid punter signing, Sam Martin. Uh, he's got a good leg. Uh, his average was actually pretty good. I think he had a 48-yard average, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty that sounds, damn good. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's a, a pretty damn good average for a punter. So I I, I like Sam Martin a lot. Um, and and you know he was one of the better uh, specialists on on that team. Well, one of the better specialists in the league and around and around the NFC North too. So and it sucked that we had to to face such a solid punter every year because he used to pin us deep all the time when when they played the Vikings. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of the Vikings, Vikings making some small moves. Uh, the Vikings released backup quarterback Kellen Mond. He goes yeah. with the Bengals. You know, 
there was a quarterback battle going on there for the for the number two quarterback situation. The Vikings also released backup quarterback Sean Mannion. He was signed by the Seahawks. Both the guys got released because they were both sucky in in the preseason. You know that. Yeah. That's, but well, you know, it, I, you know, it sounds to me like you know y- y'all jumped the gun, especially on Mond. You know, we, I've, I've, I'm sure I've heard you on this on this podcast multiple, you know, on more than one occasion, mention that Kellen Mond should be the guy that steps in steps in when Kirk Cousins goes bye bye. Yeah, you know, I believe Kellen Mond is the kind of guy that that was a developmental project, and I think that patience just kind of ran out. I really think that Kellen Mond is the kind of guy that that um, you're going to have to develop over time. He's not going to. I think there was an expectation for him to take this massive leap forward after mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer just basically ignored him. Mike Zimmer hates fucking rookies. Rookies could just go out and and kill themselves tomorrow for all he cares. He does not give two shits about rookies. That's, that's just what it is. Every mm-hmm. rookie that came onto that team last year, he treated like shit. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Oh, kind of, kind of, kind of shades of Urban Meyer, really. Yeah, when you say it, when you put it that way, Kellen Mond comes. You know, they they asked, well, you know, uh, if you remember, Sean Mannion wound up starting against the Packers later in the season, and Sean Mannion goes and and starts against the Packers, and he was shitty. And then they give Kellen Mond this one insignificant series where they hand the ball off twice and have him throw the ball once. It was an incomplete pass, and then they pull him out of the game. And when they asked Mike Zimmer, well. Didn't you want to see more of Kellen Mond? He said, no, not really. And they said, well, why not? He says, I see him every day. Okay. The well, hell is that supposed to mean? Yeah. Well, what the shit? Mike Zimmer just hates rookies. That's just what mm. it comes down to. And Kellen Mond got treated like shit and was put in a doghouse uh, unnecessarily mm. and prematurely early on in his career and was never given a fair shake. And then he got involved in this this offense here where he did not get that first year of experience that he should have gotten. And Mike Zimmer may very well have buried Kellen Mond's career in that first season by not developing him. In the meantime, Mond goes and gets signed with the Bengals, and I think he's in a really good situation over there with a yep. really good head coach that just came from a Super Bowl. I like that signing. Um, in the meantime, yeah. he gets to see he gets to learn under Joe Cool, under Joe Burrow, you know. So maybe he'll uh, maybe maybe he'll get that experience that he needs. In the meantime, uh, Sean Mannion goes and gets signed by the Seahawks. And and really, I mean, I, it's funny that I, I say that because he goes and gets signed by the Seahawks. And the Seahawks, like, I almost feel like he's on par with their current starters. Like, I, <laughs> you know. Well, I think, you know, I mean, what, what they have Geno Smith and who, know, and who else. So it's like, eh. And Sean Mannion. That's, those are the big starters for the Seahawks. I, I can I think I'm I'm seeing a four and twelve season on the on the horizon for the old Seahawks. Yeah, that, that that's that's being uh, that's being liberal. That's being yeah, I, uh, kind. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to be optimistic for them. Uh, the Vikings made a ton of moves though. They they also released defensive tackle Armand Watts. He was signed by the Bears. That was the big release of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, Armand Watts was a defensive. Uh, he's a defensive tackle, but he was like. He was a guy that played a lot of snaps last year and, and what was technically a breakout season for him, he did not have a bad year. And I, I was a little surprised by the release here. I think Watts is a good player. Um, is he and Dominican Sue? No. Is he is he gonna, you know, set the world ablaze on the defensive side of the ball or in the front seven? No. But 
it was a surprising release. I think the Bears got themselves a good defensive tackle. I don't think he's gonna gonna you know fill the the voids that have been left on that that defensive line over there. But at the end of the day, uh, Armand Watts goes to the Bears and and they get themselves a good uh, defensive tackle. And the Vikings kind of lose a good one there. Um, the Vikings also they made the move that I hated the most. Then I'll talk about this trade. The Eagles go and trade wide receiver Jalen Rager to the Vikings for a uh, 2023 seventh round and 2024 conditional fourth round pick. If Jalen Rager does not hit specific uh, uh, stat lines, then it becomes a fifth round pick. So they lose Mm. a fifth and a seventh. It could be a fourth and a seventh. Look. And then the Vikings. They go and re- they release wide receiver Amir Smith Marset, um, who winds up getting picked up by the Bears as well. Um, and I think Amir Smith Marset is a really good receiver. Let me just say this: a lot of people, especially in the Twitterverse, which we again we have yep. about as being the most toxic place in the world. Yep. Look, Jalen Rager was a guy that was selected in the first round. He played as a number two receiver. Okay. And as a number two receiver, he did not break 400 yards in a season. As a yeah. number two receiver, he had dropped passes. He only had four touchdowns in his entire career. He's not a starting receiver. No, nope. yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, he's. He's at 300. He had 396 in 2020, 299 in 2021. You know, he only had you know 64 catches. Uh, you know, 28, you know, in, in 28 games, he had 64 catches, you know, averaged was 10 yards a catch yes. and three touchdowns. So, you know, that's, those aren't world breaking numbers. No. And, and this guy's a first round selection. And I understand that the Vikings gave up a lot to get him and, and the reason didn't, or did not give up a lot to get him. I understand that they didn't. The point is, is that you released Amir Smith Marset who, and, and look, People, I get it. The guy, Amir Smith-Marset, had five catches in his career for 119 yards and four touchdowns. I get it. He only played a year as a wide receiver four, and he put up 119 yards and has just as many touchdowns as Jalen Rager has when Jalen Rager was playing as a wide receiver two. And Amir (laughs) Smith-Marset was picked in, what, the fifth round? And and Jalen Rager was selected in the first. And I get it. We picked up Jalen Rager so that Jalen Rager could be uh, 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 punt returner because we needed a punt returner. What would he do? But at the same time, isn't Jalen Rager the guy who only finished 20th in punt returns? And isn't Jalen Rager the same guy who muffed two punts against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs last year? Mm-hmm. Can we not talk about that? The guy had, everybody gave Amir Smith Marset mm-hmm. all this shit for not being able to field punts. And then we look over at Jalen Rager, and he doesn't know how to fucking field punts, and he was a first-rounder. Yeah, so I'm like... Unbelievable. What? It makes no sense. I I received so much shit because I was so annoyed with this trade. And I'm not even that mad that we we lost uh, um, Amir Smith-Marset. I like Amir Smith-Marset, and I think he's a better wide receiver for than Jalen Rager. Mm -hmm. I will will pound the table for fucking Amir Smith-Marset. I will. Um, especially considering the fact that Jalen Naylor was still on this team. And Jalen Naylor, as big as I was on him in the draft, Smith Marset's the better player. 
Yeah. I like Jalen Naylor, mm-hmm. but Smith Marset's a better player. Absolutely. He, he put it, yeah, he put, he, as you said, he put up just as many touchdowns in one year as this other kid, Jalen Rager, did in two years. Yeah. So, so what are we talking about? You know, yeah. like, what is the, the issue here? And then the other thing that gets me is, okay, you, you released Amir Smith Marset. Can we not talk about the, to make room for Jalen Rager? Can we not talk about the fact that Ali Udo still has a fucking spot on this team after last year's shit show? After that <laughs> fucking fiasco we saw in our offensive line, we still have Ali Udo on this t- team and we're releasing Amir Smith Marset? Somebody, yeah. what fucking Twilight Zone we're in here? <laughs> it's mind boggling. I just, the whole thing blows my fucking mind. It makes no sense. And the fact that Vikings fans are sitting there, you know, like, being okay with this. Like, look, I understand you're okay. You didn't think very much of Amir Smith-Marset. Okay, cool, whatever. The fact that you're okay with giving away those draft picks, watching Amir Smith-Marset go out the door, but then what compounds it for me is the fact that Ali Udo still has a spot on this roster. And (laughs) all these Vikings fans are sitting there in the Twitterverse going, oh, come on, man, just be an optimist. Just just let it play out. Come on, man. (laughs) Just let it just let it play out. Look, we did. Blind homerism does nothing for me. I don't give a fuck about your blind homerism because that's what it is. I thought you know as well as I do, Alex. I fucking hate homerism. Oh yeah. Be a realist about your team for once. Quit and and like for example, you get this. Uh, her name's Tanishka Mahaskar. She she fucking is is a Vikings beat reporter. I forget what fucking site she works for, but she comes out there and and she's like, oh, I, you can't even bother to type on Amir Smith Marset's full name, and then you want me to lose my mind about him? You just keep call, pu- pushing his initials ISM. Yeah, because Amir Smith Marset is a lot to fucking type out. <laughs> but like, I I don't. My my issue with this whole situation is you get fucking idiots like her that have been blowing Quasi Adolfo Mensa since the day he walked in the door. Yeah. And nobody wants to fucking, uh, they, they just don't want to be realists about this situation. Get real. For real. Yeah. Like, let's get real and not be afraid to be critical of the front office and and, and just say, hey. This doesn't seem like the right move. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's fuck this whole, oh, well, let's let it play out. Ha, ha, ha. They can do no wrong. No, no, no. Forget <laughs> that. Let's <laughs> bullshit and call it how we see them for once. Blind homerism does nothing for me or anybody else. And the fact that you sit there and you're okay with this is going to be a, an issue. And then at the end of the day, when Jalen Rager goes out and muffs a punt, you know what's going to come on that that toxic ass Twitterverse is yeah. a pissed off Scotty Freytown. Yeah, you go. Hey, we, you remember that time all you motherfuckers told me that Jalen Rager was the real deal and that I should just let it play out? Huh, how about that? Yeah, it might happen during a Lions game too. Who knows? Yeah, well, and you know what? And I did that uh, uh, a few years back. I did that same goddamn thing, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I said, you know, when when everybody told me I was I was crazy. 
for for believing that that uh, the Vikings needed corners, and everybody yeah. told that Cam Dantzler and Jeff Gladney were going to be the guys, and everything was just going to be just fine, and whatever else. And I was like, hey, <laughs> and who and who and who blew their diaper when the Lions swept the Vikings at the last minute? That's right, Cameron Effin Dantzler. Exactly, and and I sat there, and everybody told me I was a crazy person, but no, turns out old Scotty knew what the hell he was talking about, and everybody else uh, again. Yeah, a lot. Everybody else can can. Uh, they didn't want to talk to me very much after that when I called them out for their nonsense. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that all happened. That's my Vikings rant for today. But uh, you know, it's it's just nonsense. And to hear that that beat reporter and and several other people is this you know, these dumbasses on Twitter going ape shit for this Jalen Rager trade. I'm not sold yet. And you know what? To be clear. It's not that I'm that I, I'm rooting against the guy. Okay, I want him to prove me wrong. I want to eat all kinds of crow. I just know I'm not gonna. And the, I know the likelihood of me eating all kinds of crow in this situation and having to sit down and eating that shit burger because Jalen Rager somehow blew up the world. <laughs> not well, and plus, and don't forget, guys. The real point is there's there's a turd sitting in your front seven. Uh, is it offense or defense? But there's a turd well, sitting in that front seven. It, there's a turd sitting in your on your offensive line who and yes he's a backup but why does he have a roster spot he's so bad he was one of the worst offensive linemen in the entire league last year and you opted to maintain Ali Udo and dump a a, a decent a, wide receiver decent wide receiver who has really solid upside none of it what? makes sense to me and and nobody can make sense of it uh and and nobody in in the Vi- the Vikings Twitter land can can make sense of it. None of them. It it just doesn't make sense. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, moving forward, now that I've I've gotten that off my chest because that shit drove me crazy. Um, speaking of the Eagles, former Eagles offensive tackle Jason Peters is visiting with the Cowboys. They need it. Uh, they just actually lost a huge name player uh, in. Um, on their uh, uh, offensive line there, excuse me. Uh, Tyron Smith is set to take over. It, uh, or I'm sorry, left tackle Tyron Smith was placed on IR after suffering an avulsion fracture to his knee Oof. and expected to miss several months. So rookie left tackle Tyler Smith is set to take over the starting duties, but they are talking to Peters here. So I like this move. I think that's smart. Alex, what do you think about that? You know, um, you know, especially if you get a guy uh, like Tyron Smith who goes on an uninjured reserve, you know, it, with the with with the statistics that he's had, you know, it, if he's if he if he, you you got to get out there and you got to get your replacement in there. Jason Peters is arguably one of the most high end offensive linemen in the history of this league. I mean, the Eagles had had a stud there. They let him walk out the door, and now he's sitting there visiting with the rival Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, that's a, in the that's in, in the meantime, you know, uh you you've got the the backup coming in there and he's a rookie. Um so they might be talking with Jason Peters pretty soon and getting him signed. Additionally, the Cowboys place wide receiver James Washington on IR after breaking his foot. The earliest he's going to be available is week 5. Mm. Uh you know, the Cowboys have kind of been, you know, shuffling receivers out the door a little bit. 
CD Lamb's going to be the number one this year, according to the, you know, and, and I think everybody kind of saw that coming. I didn't see the Amari Cooper trade coming when it did. But uh, yeah, man, CD Lamb is going to wind up being the number one. But this is a painful one, losing James Washington. I think he was basically set to be your number three over there with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what do you make of this, Tyler? Or, I'm sorry, Alex. I am just saying Tyler. But Alex, what do you make of this? Well, you know something. It's uh, I, I don't have I don't have too much to say on the matter. But uh, I mean, it, it just sounds like if you if you had a solid number three and he's out the door, you know, it, it's good to see C.D. Lamb, you know, getting up to that number one spot. You know, uh, curse you, Jared, for picking him up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you know, I guess you, you, we were talking about how, you know, every, you know, the Eagles were set to take the division, you know, and, but if they get, if they get Peters from the Eagles, uh, you know, that'll, that'll definitely change the, the uh, dynamic. Uh, right. but, but by losing this wide receiver three, you know, it's, you know, there's plenty, there's plenty of fish out on the, in the pond, so to speak, you know, I'm pretty sure that somebody in free agency might pop up, you know, and you have till week eight to get the trade deadline. Something might pop up for him. Who knows? Yeah. The uh, James Washington was always a, a really solid wide receiver over in Pittsburgh. Um, we, we knew what he was capable of for a while there. He, and, and I think everybody was kind of expecting him to have some sort of really great rapport with Dak Prescott and, you know, Dak loses a weapon here. You know, and and especially that's got to hurt, especially after you, you know you lost Amari Cooper, you know, to the Browns in that that trade where the Cowboys mm-hmm. they got fleeced. Yeah, it, I mean they did; they got fleeced bad. But you know, th- this is going to be a, a tough one. I, I believe you know you got Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup, and uh, C.D. Lamb over there as the three receivers, and and Michael Gallup's not bad if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what the Cowboys can do. I, I really thought James Washington was going to bring more of that vertical threat action that we we like to see, and and um, that Dak Prescott I think could use, you know, stretching the field. So that's going to hurt, but we'll see what they can do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we've got the Saints safety Marcus May. He's arrested for aggravated assault with a firearm. He signed a three-year, twenty-eight and a half million dollar deal with the the Saints this offseason. You know, the Saints are having all kinds of problem with with players and their off-the-field antics. You know, we've already had Alvin Kamara slugging somebody in the face. Now we've got Marcus May, you know, with his uh, aggravated assault stuff. This mm-hmm. kind of bullshit, right? I mean, yeah. you're you know, solid safety uh, in this situation. Marcus May played really, really well for the Jets for a little while there. He was one of the top safeties in the league at one point. Um this is kind of an interesting situation now. The, do the Saints go diving into that free agency market, or, or do you think they're going to get just as lucky as they got with Alvin Kamara here? Because it seems like Alvin Kamara's attorneys are pushing their court dates back as far as they can to <laughs> getting suspended. I don't know. Uh, with with this situation, with the with with the safety, you know, it may not it may not hurt to dip into the free safety the free agency well, you know. Uh, you know, depending on, you know, the severity of the case, I mean, you know, we have, you know, some information, uh, you know, I mean, pointing a firearm in another vehicle that was occupied by several juvenile females here. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that, that alone, you know, makes you sweat bullets, no right. pun intended, but, um, yeah, but this situation, I mean, you know, he's not, he's not a star at, on the level of Alvin Kamara, you know, uh, it, you know, to be, you know, the unfortunate, you know, observant here, it's you know, reality. It's, it's reality. So, 
you know, you might want to start, you know, you might want to start casting your lines in free agency and see if you can hook yourself a Marlin or hook yourself a, 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 a large mouth bass or something. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta start digging around. Um, he's, he, I, I, it's unfortunate for the saints. I think a lot of people were expecting him to take another step forward because the saints have, have really honestly had a solid defense for the last couple of years here. So a lot of folks were expecting them to take a, a big step forward. Uh, it just simply, you know, it's not going to happen if he's if he's in jail. So we'll we'll find out what what goes on there. Uh, safety wise, the ones that uh, that are currently available, you know, it, the market is pretty thin. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I'm I'm looking down the list here, and I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and and now here we are. I finally got to the bottom. Ryan Bates, D Ford. Uh, no wait, see. It didn't even update. You see that shit? That's why I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Safety. Update. Christ almighty spot track. What are we doing? Safety. You know, I'm scrolling. Here we go. Landon Collins. He actually might be good. He might be due for a, a, a you know, career resurgence there. You've got uh, Tayshawn Gibson, who with San Francisco, and you have Jonathan Ford with Jackson that came from Jacksonville. Could be okay. You have Jaquaski Tart, who just got released by the Eagles, so there might be an issue there because he was playing elsewhere. Anderson Dejo, who's forty years old, uh, uh, I, you know, or the, I, I take that he's not forty, but he's he's getting up there at thirty-four years old. Um, you got Tony Jefferson, who just got signed. I mean, Will yeah. Parks. I mean, there's there's not really anything to write home about unless you're willing to go after Landon Collins and give him a, cho- a chance. And I don't know that the Saints are willing to do that. So the Saints find themselves between a rock and a hard place. And then they go out and they they damage their secondary even more. They traded away corner. And I'm not crazy about this guy, but they trade away corner Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and a 2025 seventh-round pick to the Eagles. And they get a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2024 sixth round pick um from yeah. you know i it's like yeah it's like it's like giving away a shiny button for a pair of underwear here yeah kind of i i think chauncey gardner johnson was kind of a troublemaker um yeah. you know i i'm not a fan of his he's an okay right. corner he's not he's not anything like incredible or anything like that but um I think the Eagles kind of got away with one here. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, kind of like you know, it, it it keeps building to their overall case of well, you know, they have they're starting to get the weapons together. You know, there's just just one more, you know, you know, bullet in the chamber, so to speak, bullet in the clip. You know, so we'll see what happens with it. You know, Gardner Johnson's been around since 2019, uh, and you know, just. A little food for thought here. So his overall grades, you know, have not been, you know, other than his 2019 season, it, it, he had a 72.7 overall grade in 2019, 2020. Um, you know, he, he goes out and he puts up a, a 60.5 grade, but he has an 80.4 pass rush grade. You know, it just kind of tells me that the Saints may have been using him wrong in, in a wrong capacity. 62.2 overall grade in, in 2021. 76.1 pass rush grade. So, I mean, it, what would they do? They were probably just doing a lot of nickel blitzes there from what I, it sounds like because he did play the slot. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have, I have questions about how he was used in new Orleans. I think he's better 
as a coverage corner, and they should be using him as such. Either that, or if you're going to keep using him in that that you know blitzing type of scheme, and in a pass rusher, mm-hmm. put him at safety. You know, like what are we talking yeah. about here? Let's let's get him at safety and use him the proper way. Just seems silly to me. So uh, the Saints, they they go ahead and they lose a good corner and, and the Eagles get another good one. And the Eagles are just collecting like good players right now, quietly. It's yep. not the second coming of super team. Like we remember that bullshit. But the mm-hmm. Eagles are preparing for a run. And and yep. I, I think everybody can kind of attest to that fact. And everybody is kind of realizing that Jalen Hurts may very well be shutting me and Tyler up and that he might be the real deal. We might we might see a guy that that could be good. So we're yeah, we... what the Eagles are all about this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the Saints, rookie offensive tackle Trevor Penning is out indefinitely after suffering a foot injury. He will require server, surgery. That sucks for the Saints, especially when you got a quarterback coming off of injury this year. Do the Saints mm-hmm. jump into the offensive tackle market, or do you think they're just going to roll with what they got? Well, for the offense, the off, if you thought that the safety market was dry, I mean, the offensive tackle market is pretty much barren. Yep. You know, you, you can't, I mean, this was a, hev- this was a, I think this was an offensive line heavy draft, This, yep. uh, if I'm not mistaken, but I mean, this isn't a draft. I mean, you're, you're here at week one. So, you know, the market's going to be kind of iffy. I mean, fish and see if you catch something. I mean, but you know, if it was me, they might just roll with it. Yeah, I but, think, um, I think the saints are probably just going to roll with it. That's kind of what they notorious, notoriously have done. Uh, throughout their their uh, time, you know, in the in the recent in recent memory here, um, guys that are out there, Nate Solder is out there, Brian Balaga's out there, Eric Fisher, if I'm not mistaken, retired. Daryl Williams, uh, he's kind of out there. Marcus Cannon is out there. There are guys that are, are fill-ins, but these are not, you know, incredible players. These are not. I mean, Jason Peters technically is out there, but I don't think he would sign with the Saints, um, especially if he's fishing around with the Cowboys. So we're, we're, we're talking an interesting situation here for the Saints. They're kind of old Mother Hubbard and nothing's in the cupboard, you know. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see what they, what they do. Uh, but the Saints, they go out and lose their, their uh, big-time offensive tackle, the rookie that was going to start for them. Uh, around that same division, the Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold, he's placed on IR with an ankle injury. Yeah. He will miss at least four games. The Panthers signed former Colts and Seahawks quarterback Jacob or Jacob Eason to a one-year deal. Uh, and mm-hmm. and we know Baker Mayfield's getting the start, but you got to be nervous. Not a lot of backup there. Not a lot of depth on that team as it currently well, stands, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Sam Darnold, you know, it wasn't a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. He was a failed experiment. You know, we've all we all kind of bagged on him for being a kind of a draft bust. You know, yeah. and of course his ankle got busted too. So there you go. Uh, you Tyler, know, Tyler, uh, you know, soaked his jockeys after the first three weeks of last season when Sam Darnold looked like a world beater. Uh, and and <laughs> you know, Tyler just he came everywhere. I, I mean, <laughs> you could take a blacklight to his room; it looked like a Jackson Pollock. But uh, <laughs> right. I, I look at um, Sam Darnold in in this situation, and and uh, you know. I, I believe that that Sam Darnold, you know, has kind of run his course in general. But yeah. if I have Sam Darnold as a backup, I'm feeling okay. Yeah. Because I but, can still win a game here and there, you know, with Sam Darnold. If, if I need him to start a four-game stretch, I know I have a good possibility of maybe winning two. 
Yeah. You know? So, so you, you, so now you got, now you got to put all your chips on Baker staying healthy, yep. you know, which he, you know, and, it, it, and is he going to deliver too? Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope that you yep. would, you would, you know, I would hope that he would, you know, get his stuff together and, you know, really get in, get into it with the Panthers, especially with he's facing the Browns week one and yep. he's going to be on because he basically got shooed out the door for yep. Deshaun Watson. And then the and then the Deshaun Watson stuff came up and then, you know, oh, Deshaun's going to be suspended for the first half of the season. So yep. then it's like, then they got, <laughs> did they get Josh Rosen? Um, I, I think, I think he ended up being on a practice squad on some other team, but yeah, well, Josh Rosen, he, he winds up, I believe on the Browns practice squad, but the Browns, um, I, I, I think, you know, it's Jacoby Brissett is set to be the starter. Right. Okay. I, I really do think that Baker Mayfield is a superior quarterback to Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Brissett's anything to write home about. I do right. think the Browns are banking on Jacoby Brissett to at least win like six, to be mm. honest. Right. And, and they're going to have to rely on that defense to get it done. I don't know it's, that they're capable of that with Baker knowing everything that they know that he knows about that team and their schemes and everything that goes on. Baker field is going to come into week one red hot. I have a feeling he's just going to tear the Panthers up, but, or he's going to tear the Browns up for the Panthers. But I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to be able to sustain his success. And Baker Mayfield's going to have to stay healthy because all last year he was hurt. Yep. Last year hurt. So, so I mean, and he played hurt. He really did. He played hurt all last year. He said it after the season. He's been playing with all these ailments, and and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Well, now it's time to put up or shut up. He's going to have to prove that he is the real deal, and he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal with Carolina. Yeah, he's got he's he's got DJ Moore for starters, mm-hmm. you know. So, yep. He's got so he's. C- Yep, CMC. Yep, he's got he's got a great running back. So you know he has he has the tools at his disposal. You know, yeah. and the first couple of games, you know, it's it's not it's not going to be easy trucking. You know, save for the Giants, you know, they have some pretty good. They got they they got a pretty uh, rough stretch to start the season. So Baker, uh, Baker is going to have. He's gonna. He has a fire lit under his ass because he did mention on Twitter that he was going to f up the Browns uh, yeah. because I, I've, I'll, I'll have my popcorn ready for that game. Yeah. You know, just just to see if just to see if Baker really go like scores a touchdown pass and then stares at the Cleveland coach like he did to uh, 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 what to Hugh Jackson uh, at the, yeah. Yeah, that, which was funny when he did that back then, but I, I, I see him having that fire in those first couple of weeks, but you're right. He's going to have to keep it up. Yeah. He's going to have to show everybody that he was the real deal and that the bronze made a big mistake, uh, going after Deshaun Watson and, and Watson to be, to be perfectly honest with you, Watson didn't look very good in preseason either. Right. So it might be growing pains, but Watson being out for a couple of years, this might not be a bad, uh, a big smart move by the Browns. They may have just hurt themselves and Tyler believes that they did. He told me on, on the previous show, he said, you know. They shot themselves in the foot. Shot themselves in the foot. Baker brought him to the playoffs yep. and got rid of him. Yep. Hasn't been around for a year. Yep. So now it's going to be almost two years. So, uh, yeah. A lot Let's of questions there about what we're, what we're doing. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, speaking of the Browns, they go ahead and sign offensive tackle Joe Haig. Uh, that's with Jack Conklin currently still recovering from knee surgery. Uh, you know, this was actually a a, um, a smart signing, actually. I like Joe Haig. I think he's a good player. 
And uh, they get themselves a, a really nice, I mean, he's sort of a depth guy, but Hake was a starter at one point, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for the Colts. I think this mm-hmm. is a good, smart, smart move. I think Hague is, is a great fill-in here. He's a starting caliber guy. They they really got kind of a high-end offensive tackle backup here for, with the Browns. I think it was smart, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if, if we just take a look at uh, – I'm trying to see if I can pull up his stat line here. Uh, but, I mean, you know, if, 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 if you say he was a starter at one point, then, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, you know, to, uh, to, ha- to have that, that level of confidence in him. So, uh, you know, it, you know any, anything that the Browns can do to try to bolster their front line, you know, is, is nothing but good news. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I mean, he's been around for a while. He's played for a, a number of different teams. I mean, he he's he's been around the league for a while. He he his he played with the uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, as as recently as last year. Um, now he's with the Browns. I mean, so Hague is is not a guy to sleep on. He's 29 years old, been in this league for a minute. He was drafted by the Colts. Uh, he was a, a former fifth rounder. He played with the Colts, if I'm not mistaken, all four years. He he's a good player, and I think that that the um, you know, he joined the but yeah he played for the the Colts all four years went to Tampa Bay in 2020 and now he's with the Browns um and as a fill-in so let let's just bear that in mind that's a good signing I like the mm-hmm. signing and um yeah and technically he was a Super Bowl champion uh in that last one with the Bucks in 2020 so pretty pretty rock solid signing for for him uh for them anyway speaking of the Bucks. And I like this signing a lot. The Bucks signed corner Logan Ryan to a one-year deal. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers, you know, they, they're they kind of stringing together some very quietly strong moves. Uh, I really do believe that, that this Logan Ryan move is smart on their end. Even though he is an aging corner, I do think it's very smart for them. They get a really good corner. And they they create a situation where their secondary is going to be solidified by a veteran player who yeah. really just has been rock solid throughout his career. He was great with the Titans, a little iffy with the Jet, the Giants, but everybody seems to go to the Giants and just have a hard time playing there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's something's got to be in the water there or something. I'm starting to think that. And then now he's going to the Bucks. I think the Bucks made a really smart play here in getting Logan Ryan, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, if you, if you if he was part of a team, you know, that was part of that Tom Brady dynasty, and guess who he's playing for again? <laughs> the goat. You yep. know, so to ha- so having the goat, you know, uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a defensive player, yeah, but well, you know, just to, just to have just to have that level of leadership around him again. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's that's brilliant on on uh, the end of the box, and I think they're gonna have themselves a really really solid year. Also around Florida, there the Dolphins making moves, man. But they, mm-hmm. you know, they they get rid of Sony Michelle on the fifty-three man roster cuts. Tyler, yeah. you know, just loved it. He rubbed it. In the <laughs> then Sony Michelle went and signed with the Chargers the, on a one-year deal, so he goes and signs with a Super Bowl contender. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, and, we were we were kind of laughing about that, you know. And I and I I ended up drafting him in fantasy just to go. Eh, you know, just kind of poking the bear, but it's like, Hey, you know what? Down the stretch, he might actually do something for me. Yeah. Uh, you, and he, and he might do something. It'll do something for the chargers too, especially if Austin Eckler, you know, gets hurt, you yep. know, cause did, cause did he not get hurt at some point last year as well? Uh, last year he was hurt for, for, I think a couple of games. 
The year before that, he was hurt for a few games. I mean, and during I think it was a six-game stretch he was hurt the year before. I, Eckler, he does have a significant injury history that a lot of people overlook. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, Eckler put up a, a beautiful four-touchdown game last year that was just incredible. But people overlook the fact that Austin Eckler does, in fact, have an injury history. It's there. So when we're talking about that injury history, people are talking about Austin Eckler. People need to recognize that there is that history there. It is a thing. And they they need to understand that if Sonny Michelle has to come trotting onto that field after what I saw last season. Yeah. With the with the Rams and the mm-hmm. way he in the, down the stretch, uh, filling in for Daryl Henderson. You know what? And yeah. And he's got himself he, a ring. He, he's got a ring. He has a ring. And and let's not forget he played with the Patriots and and actually he played quite well with the Patriots. So Sony Michelle. There you go. About it. Keep keep your eye on him. Keep an eye on old Sony Michelle, because you never know what's gonna happen with him. Uh next up we've got uh the Dolphins also placing corner Byron Jones on the pup list. He's set to miss the first four games after having offseason surgery on his lower leg. Look. Byron Jones was picked up by them to be the number one corner after he had a great year in Dallas a couple years back, and and then the Dolphins made the move. They picked him up as the number one corner, and uh, good for him, you know. And and since then, Xavier Howard has become the the better player, and and he's become the better corner. Xavier Howard's getting paid like that, and that's good. Byron Jones being hurt, I still think negatively impacts the Dolphins in kind of a big way. That is a number two corner regardless, and he is going to have a they're gonna have a hard time filling that role in that man-to-man coverage outside thing. That that's gonna be a tough role for them to fill. Uh, what what about you, Alex? I think it's gonna be a tough go. Yep. It's 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 gonna be a you know a danger zone uh for uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh you know, especially you know, if he's going to be missing the first four games, uh, let's just get a look at this schedule here. Um, you know, they they got the Patriots to st- to open the season. That's never you know going off against Billy Belichick and, and the Patriots. That's never a good. That's never a good time, uh, especially with a season opener. Then they got the Ravens, the Bills, and the Bengals. So that is a four game stretch uh, where we have uh, you know all of you know former Super Bowl champion you know former super bowl champions or former super bowl teams uh and, and the bills being quite possibly uh a front runner for this year's super bowl you know that's that's let my me, it's my opinion we'll get that out in a second but let me point this out though you're you're missing this guy and you don't know when he's going to be back i mean yeah he's gonna miss the first four games for sure now because he's been placed mm-hmm. on the pop list but you don't know when he's going to be back and fully healthy but right. think about this they're taking on the Bills, who are one of the most significant passing teams in the NFL in the last several years. They're taking on the Bengals, who, after what they did, they had 2,000-yard receivers last year in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Plus, they had Tyler Boyd, who quietly had himself a decent year as a wide receiver three. Yep. They're taking on the Vikings in their new super pass-heavy offense, where it's going to be Justin Jefferson, quote-unquote, being utilized as Cooper Cup was. You've got the Steelers, who... You know, even though they've got a young quarterback over there in Kenny Pickett, who I really do think is going to take the job by that point, by by October here, I you know, it, they have good receivers over there, and I think George Pickens is quietly going to have himself a really good year for the the Steelers, to be honest. Yep. And then you got the the Lions, who let me let's be real, Amon Ross St. Brown, if Jamison Williams mm-hmm. gets on the field, 
that yep. looks a little more dangerous than I would like to admit uh, on the offensive side of the football. You got the Browns who, okay, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to have uh, uh, Deshaun Watson by that point, And they're going to have a rough go. Uh, the Texans and eh, the 49ers, interesting squad there for the 49ers. Uh, you never know what Trey Lance is going to be, but they have decent receivers. And then they have Jimmy G for another year. Yeah. Then you got the Chargers and the Bills. Bold Again. Of you got the Packers. You got the Patriots. I mean, like, this mm-hmm. is this is a tough schedule. This yep. is a hard passing schedule. Strong offenses going against a defense that might not have a number one or a number two corner. And and if Xavier Howard goes down, heaven forbid, yeah, uh, in deep shit. Yep. Uh oh, spaghettios. Yeah. So you better maybe again throw that fishing pole into into the free agency pool, see what you can find, or shift your roster around to get a trade in. But you know you got to you got to fill that spot. Yeah, they got to start thinking about this corner role. One thing they did think about, though, is their defensive end role. They picked up Trey Flowers off of the uh, the wire there. They scoop him up for two a one-year, $2.1 million deal. I've never been big on Trey Flowers on this pod. I've never been big on him. You know, in general, I wasn't big on him when he signed with the Lions and all the Lions went, went hooray for him, and they overpaid him that $18 million deal. Yep. Um, you know, the guy didn't exceed seven sacks before coming to the Lions. He didn't exceed seven sacks in a single season. In fact, I don't think he has at all throughout his career. But he he didn't exceed. I think it was seven and a half. And all it told. And, and everybody said, "Well, look at the amount of times he pressures the quarterback. Look at his pressures. Everybody needs to look at his pressures." Well, hang on. Mm, yeah. So all that tells me is that the guy doesn't hit home. Right. That's what it tells me he doesn't hit home. I want to yeah. him hit. If you're paying him eighteen million dollars, I at least expect like fifteen sacks. Yeah, sack the quarterback. That's what I want. Wrap him up and throw him in the ground. You know, yep. it, 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 you you can rush the quarterback all day long, but we are in a we are in a league of mobile quarterbacks. You can bum rush the quarterback all, until the cows come home. But with a Russell Wilson, uh, Trey, even you know Trey Lance, you know uh, and. A host of other of these quarterbacks who've evolved and you know got legs now. Matthew Stafford still has legs even at his age. You know, it's like it's not enough to rush the quarterback. You got to go get him too. Yeah, yeah. Pressures aren't going to always get the job done. I mean, that's that's only part of the job. You got to you got to be able to bring it home. So, I mean, Trey Flowers. Okay, I mean, do they get a decent one? Sure. I want to see whether or not he can start hitting home. <clears throat> but I mean, at his advanced age in football terms. I don't think he's going to be able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we've got the uh, the Bills also quarterback corner, Tredavious White. He's set to start the 22-23 season on the pup list while recovering from last season's ACL tear. Look, Tredavious White is a great corner, a great corner. I can't stress how good he is. And the fact that the Bills are going to be without him to start the season is brutal, especially considering who they're going up against. In oh, week. yeah. Yeah, they're going up against the Rams, and of course they have the AFC East, which is never going to be easy. It's it's that pass heavy, uh, it's a pass heavy offense. Uh, Plus, you know they got, you know the Titans, the the Ravens, the the Steelers. They got the Chiefs at week six. You know they got the Vikings week ten. You know it's not going to be you know an easy going schedule. Right, it's going to be a tough go. 
Um, I, I really believe that that with Tredavious White being out, um, you know, it, it, they're going to have a, a tough time really being successful. That defense is just eh, it, it it's and and you lost a lot of pieces on the def- in the front seven too. I understand Von Miller's there. <clears throat> what did he do? Everybody get excited. Cool, cool, cool. But let's be real. Um, Tredavious White not being in that secondary is an issue. It is a problem. And I think the Bills are going to have a rough time handling that situation. So uh, we, we do have that going on uh, with the Bills there. It, it, I, I just don't know how they're going to get it done. Uh, hopefully, Tredavious White comes back after just four weeks. And just yeah, <laughs> and then and then and then and then all she'll be right in the world, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm typing here, but no. Anyway, the moving on, we also have the Jacksonville Jaguars making some moves here. The Jags quietly made some moves. They signed wide receiver Jalen Moore, no big deal, and uh, they go ahead and they get defensive end Mario Edwards, and they sign him to their practice squad, which is the weirdest thing. Why is Mario Edwards on your practice squad? Somebody yeah. explain that to me. Why yeah. is Mario Edwards on a practice squad? <laughs> I, I I don't understand. Yeah, but I don't. You know, it's I I wouldn't be. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I definitely don't have. Uh, you know the, you know the knowledge to really you know go through that thought process. I mean, you take a look at his statistics. I mean, you know he had, you know he has. You know, 16 and a half sacks throughout his career. You know, five forced fumbles. You know, I'm, I'm here his PFF grades are really, really good. You know, so I'm like, yeah. I, what? Don't, I don't understand why he's on a practice squad, though. It, it's just one of those things, like, as a round two guy, he, he was selected in the round two several years ago. He's a veteran player. And I'm like, uh, you, you could use him. That's a guy you can use. He was in his pro football focus grades, you know, like, I mean, the the one in 2020, and, and this is playing in limited situations as a backup, 88.6 pro football focus grade overall. You know, yeah. 21, 50.4, but what was he good for? 66.8 pass rush. I mean, like, <laughs> he should be a starter. He should not, not really a starter, but he should be on the, start, on the 53-man roster. Yeah. Hey, it's a confusing one. Um, one that wasn't confusing, though, that they did do, they signed defensive lineman Adam Gotsis to the main roster. Um, you know, so we, we do have that. Uh, he, I like Gotsis a lot. He's kind of a low-end defensive lineman. He fills in here and there. Good backup role. He was solid in Denver. I like Adam Gotsis. That's a that's a good pick right there, I believe. So nice. they, yep. they do get that, that moving. The Raiders go out and make some well we'll, we'll continue with the jags real quick because they do have something wide receiver lavisca shenault uh he's traded from the jaguars to the panthers for a 2023 seventh and 2024 sixth round selection lavisca shenault is a gadget receiver essentially is is what we got from him when he was with jacksonville Mm -hmm. a lot of little gadget plays a lot of little you know reverses and weird little runs and whatever else. I think LaVisca Chanel can be a pure receiver. 
with the Panthers. And I think he's going to be looking for that change of scenery to become that, you know, your receiver, don't you? I, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, well, you, with Baker Mayfield on that squad, you know, maybe uh, the, he could they can tease that out of him. Uh, you know, especially you know, if, especially if they need the weapons to get, you know, to, to be contenders and to hang on. You know, I, I think I think it's a good move to try to give him a chance in that respect. Right, I I agree. I I think that this um this entire situation for Lavisca Shenault is going to be. A completely different animal. I think they needed another receiver over there. He could be used as a kind of a makeshift Debo Samuel type of role. Mm, uh, which, that's bold. Yeah, he could be, which, which, I mean, that's what he was used for with the Jags, but kind of in the wrong way, if that makes sense. I like Shenton. Mm. He's good. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and, and you traded him for a pair of underwear and a flat tire, too. So I'm like, eh, okay, who yeah, got the better end of that deal? A couple of low low picks there. I, I So I, I'm looking at LaVisca Shenton going, you could see him used differently, and they could also be hoping, you know, what? If, just, just a little food for thought here, with the way he plays and how he's used for these gadget plays and whatnot. Wouldn't it be something if he took over like a Cordero Patterson type of role, um, yeah. you know, where he, you know, transitions from kick returner and receiver to a running back? You know, it it can yeah. happen. It's not the first time we've seen something like that happen. So. Buckle up for LaVisca Shenault if he's used properly for uh, the Carolina Panthers there. Yeah. Um, also, in, in Raiderland, we had some weird, weird shit going on in, in Raiderland. <laughs> um, and yep. it always seems like like it there's weird shit going on. First of all, the Raiders released running back Kenyon Drake in the 53-man roster cuts. Um, yeah. Goes and signs with the Ravens on a one-year deal. Why was Kenyon Drake released? I, I That's... Yeah. First thing, why was Kenyon Drake released? You know, like I understand the guy has an injury history, and I think he was hurt last year, but he's a good runner and a really good backup. I, I'm a little surprised, yeah. little surprised by the fact that Kenyon Drake got released in 53 man roster cuts. Seems silly. Um, I don't like that move. And then the other one that kind of caught me off guard. I'm not entirely surprised by it because he didn't play well there, but at the same time, and I didn't really think this guy, so Alex Leatherwood was the guy that got released. Um, the Bears did claim Leatherwood off of waivers. He was a former yeah. first-round pick. He didn't play well for his first two years, but who is he dealing with? He's dealing with crazy John Gruden in the first year, and then he's dealing with you know this uh, uh, special teams coordinator in the second year. He gets waived. And, and the Bears, I think they got himself an offensive lineman that they're going to really be able to groom. Remember, Alex Leatherwood was really good in college. Mm-hmm. And nobody – I was amazed that he went first round. I was really surprised by it. I thought he was going to go, you know, early to mid-second round. And uh, he went really early. So, okay, Alex Leatherwood gets released. I think he's going to have a breath of fresh air for him with, with uh, the Bears there. The Bears are going younger, clearly. They saw a young guy they're going to pick up. They're going to develop him, and that's okay. I like Leatherwood, even in spite of his bad PFF grades the last two seasons because of his circumstances. And I really do believe Alex Leatherwood's going to wind up being a stud over there with with the Bears in the long term. What say you? 
I think that I think you're right. You know, just having you know, I think I think crazy John Gruden, those three words basically tell you everything you need to know about Alex Leatherwood's situation. So and then and the fact that you know the you know, all the emails and, and the crazy stuff there. Uh plus, you know, Vegas Vegas in general, you know, it is the has turned into the land of the crazy. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, things seem to be a little I mean, you it's it's kind of weird saying this, you know. Oakland was a little more tame than this, and you know, Oak and Oakland, you know, has some of the craziest fans in the universe. So, uh, you know, it's it's definitely bizarre world in Vegas. So, uh, having you know, having him go to the Bears, especially after Nat Nagy was shown the door, you know, and they have a new coaching staff and they have a new, you know, they have a new, you know, some new thing, you know, some new faces there. Alex Leatherwood, you know, is probably shape is getting himself into a situation where he can really start raising his stock. Yeah, I think Matt Everflus is going to be good for him over there. He was so good for uh, um, so many players with the with the Colts, even as a defensive coordinator. Now as a head coach, I think he's going to be taking on a, a obviously a more hands-on role with the entire team. It's going to be a more well-rounded role. And Matt Everflus, I think, is going to be really good for him. I, I really do. That's It's going to be a, a positive situation for Alex Leatherwood over there with the Bears. Uh, next up, we've got the Commanders uh, running back Brian Robinson. He gets shot in the leg and in the ass during a car checking. <laughs> He's placed on the the reserve uh, non um, non football injury list. He's going to miss at least the first four games. Antonio Gibson's to reassume the starting role. Now, I'm not laughing because Brian Robinson got shot in the leg and ass. Let me be, make that clear. Yeah, I'm laughing because of the situation. Um, Alex and you were there. I I had. So much shit talked to me because I went into a fantasy football draft and I drafted Antonio Gibson and a bunch of guys were telling me I was an idiot for drafting Antonio Gibson. Um, And not one round later, Tyler went and drafted Brian Robinson talking all this shit. And Brian Robinson the next day gets carjacked and shot in this situation. And I feel bad for Brian Robinson, but fuck Tyler all the same. (laughs) Yep. it's, It's one of those situations. Um, and so Antonio Gibson's gonna gonna assume the starting role. And you know the the good news for Brian Robinson here is that the injury is not serious. It's not a situation where it hit an internal organ. It's not a. a it, it seems like these are superficial type of injuries. Mm-hmm. Where yes, I got shot. Yes, I had to have surgery, get the bullet removed. But from all sounds, it's it's sounding like he's going to be back after about five, six weeks. Like they're making it sound like this guy's coming back after a month and a half here. Which, you know, that's great. You know, uh, Washington's a dumpster fire to begin with. Right. Uh, so, you know, they need all the good players they, they can get. You know, I, I, I don't have high hopes for that. They're, they're basically a mosquito on the radar in the, in the NFC East. I mean, the NFC East historically has kind of been the bargain bin division, yeah. uh, you know, in the last few years. You know, but and of that of that division, you know, the Commanders and former Redskins, former uh, Washington Football Team, <laughs> yeah. were we're pretty much the bottom of the barrel, and and they're gonna it's gonna be the same this year. That said, you know, with Antonio Gibson and uh, with uh, with this new kid, you know, they, they'll have a little shot to at least build a little something, but it's not, they're definitely not gonna set the world on fire. No, I think they're really going to start building towards something. Do I think there's going to be a market improvement after from last year's situation? I think so. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> Brian Robinson was set to be a big, a big cog in that system, and and I, it's it's unfortunate for them and for him that that he's going to be out because I I really do think he was going to have himself a big year. Fun fact: Tyler did drop him to waivers, and I picked him up, and he's on my my bench or on my injured reserve slot right now. So I do have him, but <laughs> I, and I, I I like Brian Robinson, um, the running back, another kind of bruising type of guy. Fun to watch, and he put on a hell of a show in pre in uh, preseason. Um, outstanding running back, really outstanding running back. Seems like a pretty outstanding kind of dude too. Just as a person, just seems like a nice guy. So mm-hmm. you, you know, I am kind of rooting for him in that situation. Um, but the Commanders, they they look like they're poised to actually take a little bit of a jump forward. Uh, I don't know yeah. if it's going to be some massive leap or anything like that, but I do think, they, you know, there's between Brian Robinson, I also think there's, you know, and obviously you got scary Terry McLaurin over there and you got guys over there, yeah. but there's guys that um, there's one guy that also that, that really caught my eye and that was Jahan Dotson. And I thought Jahan Dotson and, and watching him in preseason, <clears throat> seeing the videos in camp and whatever the case Jahan Dotson looked like a star, looked like yeah. a star um, in in the upcoming uh, for the upcoming season. He has a great rapport with Carson Wentz, so I do like Jahan Dotson too. Brian Robinson was set to be a, a, a huge piece of this team, though, and and I'm hoping he gets better. Um, you know, get better, Brian. I'm sorry for for laughing at Tyler. I'm sorry for laughing at the fact that that uh, Antonio Gibson was going to be getting the start. You got to enjoy the humor of the situation, though, a little bit. Um, yeah. Next up, we do have the Chiefs releasing wide receiver Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon gets re-signed to their practice squad. You know, it's yeah. the Gordon experiment finally over. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's over. like how many how many chances has this kid had to get back in the game? One, two, seventeen, eighteen. You know, it's 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 almost become a running gag. Yeah. At this point, to see like is Josh, you know, Josh Gordon got released. It's like it's one of those. It used to be, oh, well, that sucks. Now it now we're just chuckling in the background. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, you know, you don't want to. But Josh Gordon kind of did it to himself. Let's be real. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's be real. I understand. There's a lot of, you know, and and look, I agree. Marijuana should be legal. We are at this point. Pot should be legal. We are at the, that level in 2022 where we're talking about this, where, yes, we're, pot should be a legal thing and it should never have been illegalized in whatever case. Great. But at that point in time, knowing what we knew and knowing that we knew that weed was against the law and it was against the the league substance abuse policies and knowing how Josh Gordon was going to get fucking paid because he led the league in receiving one year and and that next season he was poised to get paid and instead in the words of Mr. Alex Steele there and and so and another uh, announcer he in uh, Stephen A Smith he couldn't get off the weed uh, okay yep. he couldn't get off the weed we are at this point where we see Josh Gordon entering the league not being ready to play, getting put on a practice squad, and usually getting released. And then we stand there going, huh, what else is new? Yep. Josh Gordon didn't play for five years because he couldn't get off the weed. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. You know, one time it might be one thing, but if it if it just becomes a running gag and it it just it doesn't do it doesn't do anybody any favors, least of all Josh Gordon. Right. 
So, I mean, he, he couldn't get off the weed and, and make his money, so that's on him. And uh, last but not least, the 49ers, they signed tight end Tyler Croft to a one-year deal. I like this signing. Mm-hmm. I like I like this signing. Um, oh, and I, I missed one, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. So this is not last but not least. But anyway, Tyler Croft gets signed to a – I like this signing. He gets signed to a one-year deal. He's going to wind up uh, uh, essentially being tight end two in this situation to George Kittle. But I think Tyler Croft winds up in a situation where he could wind up being tight end one over here if George Kittle, who has a, again, a large injury history, goes down. They've been looking for a strong tight end two, and Tyler Croft finally fills that void. I'm surprised that they didn't go after a guy like a Kyle Rudolph. Right. Tyler Croft, pretty damn good. I'll take Tyler Croft all day, don't wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, his stat line speaks for himself. He's he's a journeyman in the NFL. You know, he's been with the Bengals. He's been with the Bills. You know, had a stint with the Jets. You know, he's had a 1,000 yards in his career. Uh, I think his most productive year was in 2017. Um, but, you know, he's, he's had 13 touchdowns. You know, he has, he's had 101 catches. You know, he's 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 put the work in, you know, and, it, it, his, and, and, his, and his numbers seem to be consistent from year to year. Yeah, he's he's not the kind of guy that that is going to be some earth shattering tight end. Okay, right, no. But as a back end t- back uh, backup tight end, a tight end two, he's a high end tight end two. And yep. and I've seen him in the league. You know, <clears throat> he's been going hard for a while. I mean, his 2015 year was was probably his best year. But um, yeah, I like Tyler Croft. I I do. I like him a lot. He's he's a good player, man. He's he's a really solid player, really good tight end. And I, I think he that he fills that that backup role to George Kittle beautifully. And I think he's going to be able to handle that role if Kittle goes down. I I feel like it's almost inevitable because we see Kittle go down almost every year. Yep. But it, it, if it, if or when when he goes down, you're going to have Tyler Croft there, and I think he's going to have himself a solid year. And the last thing I forgot to talk about was the Vikings going out and signing Nick Mullins as their backup quarterback. Nick Mullins comes in. Uh, the Vikings made a smart play here. Mullins had himself a really nice preseason, um, <clears throat> and Mullins becomes QB two over there. Mm-hmm. Smart. He goes out and and they as soon as they realize that Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion weren't the guys. They said, we need to go pick up this guy. They go out and pick up Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins comes in. Let's not forget, you know, was he great? Has he been great? Has he been a world beater? No. Um, Nick Mullins, you know, he he played for San Francisco in 2020. There were a couple of games where he came in and actually played well. I think Nick Mullins in a three-game stretch, if you need to rely on him, let's say Kirk gets COVID again. Kirk goes right. down COVID. Okay, well, here comes Nick Mullins. I think Nick Mullins is capable of winning a game. Yep. I agree with that. That's kind of where we're at. I think Nick Mullins is capable of that. Uh, he did throw for 2,400 yards in that, that season with San Francisco where he came in for Jimmy G. He had an 84.1 rating last year with Cleveland. He had 147 yards and a touchdown as a backup 89.2 rating. No picks last season. I mean, I think it, it he, he's a higher end backup than Mannion. I was expecting Mon to be QB two. But I'm okay with Nick Mullins being QB two. If but I'm surprised they they got rid of Kellen Mond. If it was me, I would have kept um, yep. Cousins. Nick Mullins is QB two. Kellen Mond is QB three, and let him develop. 
but maybe that's just me. You yeah. know, that's just me. But you know, that's that just is what it is. Um, now, Alex, that's our news around. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get out of here, we have to go through our very first picks of of the the new season. Uh, week one, week one is right around the corner. This will be our last podcast before uh, week one takes place. Tyler and I will be jumping back in weekly or every now and then we'll have Alex jump in or if Alex wants to jump in with Tyler and I, um, that would be a fun episode. That, that's always <laughs> a fun episode. Um, and Alex, if you want to participate in the pick situation, you're more than welcome to send them uh, every week where I'm going to, I'm going to send them out there. I might try and get, you know, the guys in our, our group chat, um, which celebrates a monumental dump that Andrew, <laughs> for, uh, your brother Andrew, yep. took in the Manistee river. So, um, yeah, we, we celebrate that around here, those types of things. That's how fucked up we all are. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to try and get those guys to participate in the pick situation. But um, we are going to go through our week one picks of the 2022-23 season here. And I'm fired up. Me too. Alex, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. So here are your predictions week one in the NFL starting with the Bills and the Rams the whole the, the big uh, season opener on Thursday night football at 8 20 p.m. September the 8th Bills and Rams this one's going to be a toughie and you know what I'm going to go ahead and say the Bills are going to win this one that's a solid pick there Cotton um, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams I think that it, that Aaron Donald uh, Aaron Donald on defense and my boy Matt Stafford on offense you know, might just be a little too much uh, for that Bills secondary. You know, you know the Bills. You know they're missing. They're going to be missing their top cornerback for four weeks. Right. So, you know, so you know, expect Stafford to come out guns blazing. Cooper Cup. You know, if, if Stafford can keep that elbow okay, which news states that you know he's not going to have problems with it. You know, uh, but. You know, I would. Ex- I'm gonna pick the Rams to beat the Bills. It's gonna be a close game, and it's gonna be a fun game. Oh yeah, that's that's a hell of a home opener or a hell of a season opener. That's probably. I would probably say that's the best. Like last year, they offered up Tampa Bay and Dallas, who ironically they're playing each other again in Week One this year. But <clears throat> this is probably the best home or like like season opener for any NFL season that I've seen in a minute. Yeah, uh, Bills. Woo, that's a big one. Uh, next up, we got a good one: the Eagles and the Lions. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm really big on the Lions' offense, but I'm not big on the Lions' defense. I'm going with the Eagles here. I really think that the Lions, if they have any chance to win this game, they're going to have to put up like 35 points against the Eagles, and I think that's going to be kind of an every week thing for the Lions right now. They're going to have to be a team that puts up like 35 points to win games. I'm going yeah. Eagles here, and I think the, the Lions start the season off 0-1. Yeah, I'm going to stand by my boys. I'm going to stand by uh, MCDC in the squad. I'm going to pick Detroit, uh, but you, it makes sense. You know, I understand what you're talking about. I don't see this as a team that can put up 35 points a game every game, especially when you take a look at their schedule. You know, it's not like they're going to be playing Potter Puff teams here. I mean, they got the they got the Vikings week three. Uh, the, the Seahawks week four, the Patriots week five. Then they got Dallas. Obviously, they got to go through the NFC North rotation. They have the Bills on Thanksgiving. 
you know, Ufa. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got a couple of easy teams here and there. I would probably give the Lions schedule a solid six out of 10. It's not going to be like backbreaking, but there's definitely enough problems to where it's like, I, I can't see this team scoring 35 points. Let's be real here. I can't see this team scoring 35 points every single game, especially with some of those heavier hitters. So it's going to be interesting to see where MCDC and his crew. I think we as fans have to be patient. You know, we, we've been patient for over 60 years, but we also have to be real. I'm, I'm going with Detroit, but as you said, Scott, you know, they do have to put up points early. Right. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough go for the Lions, I think. I really yeah. believe. Eagles oh, yeah, are. we're yeah. Seven wins would be astonishing at, for, for this squad. Uh, give it a couple of years and th- and and some more good and some more good picks, and I'll talk to you later. Yeah, you've been giving it a couple of years for about a decade now. Yeah, yeah, that's what we have. <laughs> that, that that's the price you pay for being a Lions fan. Yep. Uh, the next one, you got the 49ers and the Bears. I'm going with the 49ers here. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer. I think the Bears are in sell-off mode right now, and uh, they're just trying to to put together something that that kind of resembles like, hey, we're sort of trying, but I think the Bears are planning on being near the bottom of the league. And having that pick of the litter uh, moving into the draft as far as a, a starting quarterback, I'm going to go in with the go with the Niners here over the Bears. Samesies, you know, busting fields is not the answer in Chicago. And uh, when the draft comes around to get that next quarterback, you know, we'll see where he goes. But uh, yeah, I'm I, going Niners. Yeah, I don't think Justin Fields is the guy. Busting Fields, thank you for, for that reference. Um, <laughs> that's something I've been happily calling him for a while. So yeah. that's going on. Uh, next up, we got the Bengals and the Steelers. This is an interesting one. The Steelers yep. not named a starting quarterback yet, be whether mm. Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. So here we are, Bengals and Steelers. I'm going with the defending AFC champion Bengals here. I believe the Bengals are going to get it done against the Steelers. I don't think if Mitchell Trubisky, even if Mitchell Trubisky gets the start, what well, I'll tell, I'll say it like this: If Trubisky gets the start, the Bengals are going to beat the hell out of them. If Kenny Pickett gets the start. It'll be closer, but the Bengals are still winning that football game. I'm going with the Bengals. Me too. You know, Joe Cool and, and the Bengals are off a, a Super Bowl year. You know, they, they came up short, but they still have all those weapons. They have T. Higgins, they have Tyler Boyd, and they have, uh, I forgot the other guy's name off the top of my head. Who was it? The great Jamar Chase. Yes, Jamar Chase, absolutely. So you, they got that squad going. And you have some of the best. Uh, you got you got some pretty good dudes up front on both sides of the ball. It's all. Let's not, big. Forget, let's not forget the number four rusher in the league last year, and Joe Mixon. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Low with the boom there. So it's way too many weapons. I'm going Bengals. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, next up, we've got a pretty good game. I'm actually kind of excited for this one: the Patriots and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Dolphins are missing out on, on a corner, but the Patriots, they just had their number one corner retire. Um, yeah, no, I, I this might be a wild one. I think the Dolphins are favored in this situation. I'm going with the Dolphins in this situation. I am going to go with the Patriots because I'm not sold on Tua. Uh, you know, Mac Jones is not uh, the bust that we thought he was going to be. He is actually, you know, he actually showed up and showed out quite a lot last year. So, you know, I this is going to be close. I'm going with the Patriots uh, just simply because it's Bill Belichick in a hoodie. You can't beat him. <laughs> <laughs> a hoodie in that weather? I mean, they are in, in Miami. 
And well, you know, great. You know, sometimes the great the great ones think differently than every other everybody else. We we may see Bill Belichick in in you know his trademark polo as well. Mm. So that might be where we're at there. Mm. Uh, next up, we've got the Browns and the Panthers. I believe that Baker Mayfield is going to beat the hell out of the Browns without uh, Sean Watson. And frankly, I don't mm. think that. You know, even with Sean Watson on the field, look, judging by how he looked in preseason, that the Browns even stood a chance here. I'm going Panthers. Yeah, Baker Mayfield is going to have a fire under his ass, and uh, you know, a motivated Baker Mayfield can get some stuff done. And he has some good, he has some decent weapons with him. He's got run CMC. He's got DJ Moore. I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, next up, this one might be the beating of the week. The Colts and the Texans. Uh, this one to me is a no-brainer. I've met a new quarterback in Matt Ryan. Plus, you got old JT over there. With, oh, yeah, the bulldozer. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yep. I'm going with Colts. Yep, Colts all day. I mean, Jonathan Taylor may rush for six touchdowns. Oh, yeah, it might get on that level, huh? Maybe. Uh, Next up, we've got Saints and Falcons. Uh, this one might be a little tighter than a lot of people expect. Uh, I, I get that the Falcons, you know, they, they do have that new cat over there, Drake London. They do have Kyle Pitts over there. But the Falcons, have they're going to have to – they're essentially in a rebuild right now. I think this one goes to the Saints. I'm going with the Saints. If Drew Brees was still playing, uh, this would absolutely be a no-brainer. But even with uh, Jameis Winston – and, uh, and the other quarterback over there, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, um, I absolutely, I, I think it's, uh, I think the Saints are going to eke this one out. You know, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta's in rebuild mode. Yeah, they're, they are in a rebuild mode. Marcus Mariota is the starter over there. Desmond Ritter backing him up right now. Okay. We'll see how it turns out. I think the Falcons are, are another one of those teams that are kind of hoping, hoping that they're going to wind up near the bottom of the league this year so that they can go and pick up their starting quarterback in the draft. Uh, Leon. So we're going to see how that works out for them. Next up, uh, what I expect to be another sort of beating, the Ravens and the Jets. Uh, I, yeah. you know, as much as it pains me, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens here. <laughs> you know, it, if it it's the a, Jets. <laughs> if it was a banging a geriatric old lady contest, I'd say, hey, the Jets got this thing. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I, I Let's, let's be real. I, I don't think uh, the Jets do have this thing. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens. It's a football game. And at the end of the day, you got guys like J.K. Dobbins coming back. The guy I'm most excited to see is Rashad Bateman. I want to see if he can actually um, show up and be that number one receiver that we expect him to be. So, yeah, I'm going with, Bate, with the Ravens here, Lamar and company. And I, I expect Rashad Bateman to have himself a, a nice uh, hello type of game and uh, really just have a coming-out party against the Jets. Yep. Um, I'm going with Ravens, too, simply because the Jets are a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, they're still a mess. They're still a mess right now. Uh, next up, sort of a, a toilet bowl type of game, Jags versus the Commanders. Uh, the first time the Washington Commanders, as opposed to the Washington football team and the yep. ham sandwiches and the Washington Redskins and whatever they're calling themselves these days. Yep. So um, the Washington Commanders versus the Jags. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Commanders here. I think they start out mm. their their year one and zero. Um, I think that that uh, you know, it, even though it is a new quarterback, I think they have more, more weapons than the Jags. 
Um, Carson Wentz is still Carson Wentz. And I do think Carson Wentz still at this stage of his career is better than Trevor Lawrence. I think that Doug Peterson is kind of feeling his way out right now, trying to figure out what the hell he's got, what he doesn't have. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's kind of where we're at here. It's going to be a, a growing pains type of year for Doug Peterson with this Jaguars team. It's going to take time for them to develop chemistry. It's going to take time for them to build that team up. I'm going commanders. Okay. And those are all valid points. Um, I am going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I don't believe that, uh, like you said, it's a toilet ball game. You know, I still kind of think Washington's kind of a dumpster fire situation. Although, as you as we've talked about before, they they put some of those fires out, and Jacksonville is still trying to find its identity. That said, you know, it'd be fun to see Trevor Lawrence kind of show up and show out after getting, you know, after two years of getting beat over the head, and real and realizing what it's like to be a loser for once. You know, because you don't lose. Oh, he never lost in college. Well, that doesn't prepare you for the league, son. So, you know. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna go with the upset pick. I'm gonna go with the Jags. All right. So the Jags for for Alex. The next up, the uh, the game. I'm I'm actually kind of nervous about this one because it is the home opener and it is going to be a. Regardless of the fact that that Aaron Rodgers is missing weapons and whatever else, Vikings and Packers. Oh yeah. At U.S. Bank Stadium. It's still a tough home opener um, to have the Packers roll into town for week one. It's never easy as a Vikings fan. I think this is the second or third year in the last, the second year in the last three years that this has happened. I'm going to go with the Vikings here. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that there's going to be something of a chip on the shoulder of Zadarius Smith. I think that there's going to be Daniil Hunter, that that pass rush is going to harass the hell out of Aaron Rodgers. And even though Aaron Rodgers is very poised, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting disguises there. Um, and, and I also think that, you know, the Packers, even though they have a good defense going into this upcoming season, this new offense from Kevin O'Connell, I expect it to be way better than what we've seen out of the Minnesota Vikings in the last several years. Kevin O'Connell... The pass-first offense, the offense-first type situation that we have now. And I want to see what Justin Jefferson's going to do. But the guy I think is going to wind up being the wild card in this game is Adam Thielen. Because Adam Thielen notoriously tears up the Packers. I don't know why, but he does. And actually, every now and then, Dalvin Cook does as well. I want to see what we get, what we're doing here. I want to see what Kevin O'Connell has been brewing. I want to see what Crazy Adapo Mensa has been brewing. I want to see what this team can do. I think the Vikings are prepared and poised for a run to win the NFC North. I'm going with the Vikings here. Okay. I mean, that's a solid pick, solid reasoning. You know, I am going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, not just, you know, I'm not bagging on Minnesota. At, at any, I hate Aaron Rodgers as much as you do, but let's, let's, not, let's be clear about one thing. He's a bad, bad man. He's yeah. a real bad man. So, you know, keep the football – Here's my thing. Keep the football out of his hands. You know, if you keep the football out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, you guys have a shot. Yes. You, know, it, you know, anybody that plays them. Keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, especially in the last two minutes. He doesn't have Devontae Adams, so that's a major blow. You know, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Jordy Nelson's still hanging around. No, uh, no, we're, we're talking about Alan Lazard as the number one. 
okay, you know, he, he might make some magic with Lazard, you know. He's Aaron Rodgers, you know. So, Christian, you know, so Watkins, Christian Watkins is over there, and let's not forget Randall Cobb is still over there. If Randall Cobb's still over there, then you know what? We may see that connection yet again. So it, it's going to be close. You, know, you keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands, you guys have a shot, but I'm going to go with the Packers. If, if nothing else, I think the refs might do something too. It's always something goofy when when Aaron Rodgers is on the field, especially if it's a primetime game. Yeah. Thankfully, which thankfully this is not. But you know, nope. still a 4:25 game. Uh, Going to be an interesting one. Next up, we've got the Giants and the Titans. The Giants, you know, let's let's not forget there is a head coaching change over there with the Giants. Um, that's that's one thing that that we have to recognize is that yep. the former offensive coordinator. Uh, Brian DeBall of the um, the Buffalo Bills is now the head coach of the New York Giants, which makes things interesting for the Bills here because the Bills lost that offensive coordinator that made that offense so volatile over yeah. the years. Um, but I digress. I really do think the Titans are going to pound the Giants into the ground. Uh, yeah. Regardless of the Harold Landry situation, regardless of what goes on, it's the Giants, and the Giants are not good. I'm going with the Titans here over the Giants. Same, and for and for one man's reason, Derek Henry. You know that guy's going to be a bulldozer. He's been a bulldozer the past several years. You know, and even though Ryan Tannehill is not an elite quarterback, sorry Tyler. You know he'll still he still has enough weapons uh, to get to get the job done, especially against the New York Football Giants. So I'm going I- Titans. Tyler is never going to admit that he said it, and I will I will hold him to the fact that he did, in fact, say that. Um, he, he claims, I never said it, I never said it. I guarantee you he said that. That Rockets <laughs> an elite quarterback. and he's Sort, just, sort through the archives. You're, you're bound to find it. Oh, man, it's, it's a tough go. It's a tough go, actually, searching through the archives. I did search through the archives before to find something. Um, <laughs> and so slam him about. But, yeah, he... Uh, we, we, I remember. Yeah, that was that was a big point of contention uh, during one season. I remember. Yeah. Yep. He's he's never going to live it down, and and I'm going <laughs> to just ha- I'm going to hammer on it, even though he he tries to claim he never said it. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we got the Raiders and the Chargers, the big rematch. This was the final game of the season last year. Mm-hmm. They're facing off this year. Last year, the Raiders beat the Chargers narrowly. Uh, Tyler and I were were half in the bag watching this game uh, mm-hmm. and and the Raiders go to the playoffs the Chargers go home I think the, the script I don't care if Devontae Adams is there or not yeah. I think the Chargers made enough moves on their defense to make their defense arguably one of the strongest defenses in the league I think Justin Herbert is poised for a huge year I think those Chargers receivers are poised for huge years I'm going with the Chargers here I think the Chargers yeah. will be Super Bowl contenders yep Absolutely, I'm going Chargers as well. They're going to be pissed off about that, about last year. You know, they should they should hold on to those final decisions to not go for the tie. You yeah. know, because I mean, you know, they, they shot themselves in the foot, and yep. they should recognize that. Yep. And they're going to be like, you know what? We're not screwing around this year. You know, this year we're not going to get into a situation where we can tie to get to the playoffs. We're going to win the games, and you know, it's a division rivalry. You know, it's a, it's an AFC West game, so you know the, we're gonna we're gonna be ready for some fireworks. But I'm going Chargers. I do think the coaching staff is on the hot seat this year. It's 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 killer be killed. 
Yep. Because if, if they don't make it into the playoffs this year, that Chargers coaching staff should be fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, given the, the, the caliber of talent that they have on that team, yep. they should be fired. The Period. You got Austin Eckler and Sonny Michelle on there. You have Justin Herbert. You, you have your, your, your offensive Mike, weapons. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I mean, it's, it's not like you, you have a bunch of nobodies on this team. Yeah. Get it done or get lost. Yep. Right? I, I mean, that's where we're at here. So the Chargers go into uh, week one against the Raiders. going to be an exciting rematch there. Next up, we got the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Kind of a fun one here, actually. The Cardinals um, without DeAndre Hopkins, mind you. Yeah. Started out the season red hot. Hopkins goes down. Kyler doesn't have anybody to throw to. Now they bring in Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray played together in college. There's a rapport there. Uh, Hollywood Brown kind of had a case of the dropsies last season. Oh, he did. Yeah, we were calling him Butterfingers. I don't know what he's going to do. But in this specific situation, Chiefs versus Cardinals, I think it's going to be tight, but I'm going with the Chiefs. Same. You know, Patty Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and, and the gang, they're all back. Um, it's a its a road game, but I don't think that's going to phase them. Right. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I think Patty Mahomes has way too much momentum on his side. Uh, you know, Andy Reid has way too much momentum on his side, you know. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be fun. And Kyler Murray is not quite there yet. Now, granted, he's only been in the league a couple of years. He's, he's, he was a rookie last year. And, you know, he's not quite, like, he's not there. You know, and, and to be fair, you know, it's only a couple of years. But, you know, Patty Mahomes is like, here's Patty Mahomes. Here's Kyler Murray. Yeah, here's That's, Patty Mahomes and here's the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yep, yep. You have, only, you have Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and that's about it. Pretty much. And, there's a, there's and, a, and Tom Brady, because he's the GOAT. <clears throat> yeah, and even Brady's been sinking a little bit, you know. Oh, sure. He, he, but, I mean, he's still good for some, some decent points, but even Brady's been sinking a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, I, it's it's going to be a, a – I think it's going to be a fun game, but I do think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes all day. He's going to get W there. Uh, next up, we got the Bucks and the Cowboys. Gonna be a, this is a, a Week One rematch here, which I, I I'm just crazy about here. This time on Sunday Night Football instead of a um, Thursday Night game. I'm going with the Bucks here. I think the Bucks are gonna beat the Cowboys. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be high scoring like it was last year because it was kind of a shootout last year. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bucks. I think they've got the Cowboys number. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that the Cowboys have the weapons to uh, put the Bucks away still. Yeah, especially since they don't have Amari Cooper. You know, they have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, you know. And, and, you know, Zeke, you know, might be – Zeke, you know, a couple of years ago was, you know, the, the bell of the ball. Now it's kind of like he's kind of turning – he's not exactly turning into a pumpkin, but he's getting there. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Zeke – He's, he's starting to fall off a little bit, and I think a lot of people saw Todd with Tony Pollard last year, and they see Zeke, you know, his heels nipped at a little bit. In my honest opinion, and, and from all reports that we're hearing, Zeke's in the best shape of his career, and everybody keeps talking about he looks like he's in the best shape of his career. Mm. We're going to find out if that's legit. Um, yep. Zeke last year was still one of six rushers to go over 1,000 yards. He still broke 1,000 last year. He still had about, I think it was 10 touchdowns last year. So he did have himself a decent year in general 
wasn't a typical Zeke year where we're seeing 12, 13, 14, even 1,600 yards out of him like we normally do due to some injury issues and whatnot. But everybody, get, uh, by all accounts, everybody's saying that Ezekiel Elliott is super healthy and that he looks great and he's in the best shape of his career and, and everything's great. We'll find out if Zeke is, is going to get back to being Zeke. We'll so, so with that said, you know, I was I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, but I'm going with the Bucks simply because you just you, just like you said, uh, Dak doesn't have the weapons that he had last year yep. and Brady's going to have his number. Yeah, Brady is, has had his number for a while now. Uh, I, I think we're going to see Tom Brady do what Tom Brady does, even in spite of the off the field distractions that he's having with Giselle and him arguing about him coming out of retirement and all that other hubbub. Let's just cut the shit. Tom Brady gets down to business when Tom Brady is ready to get down to business. And in week one, Tom Brady's going to get down to business. He's going to beat the Cowboys. He's going to start the season 1-0. Mm-hmm. Sure so, thing. And uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Browns and the Seahawks. Sort of a... Broncos and the Seahawks. I'm sorry, Broncos. I don't know why I said Browns. Broncos and the Seahawks, excuse me. Um, Broncos, you know, it's sort of like a Russell Wilson, like... I don't want to say it's a revenge game here because no. trading that. I don't want to say it's a situation where <clears throat> they just took a step back and said, oh, well, Russell Wilson's going to play his old team. Oh, and, and it's going to be a really close game and it's going to be a really exciting game. And, and, you know, it's not like the Seahawks went out and got themselves a new star quarterback here. Right. It is going to be Russell Wilson walking into Seattle and just kicking the shit out of his old team and that's all this is going to be this mm-hmm. is not going to be a competitive game no this, this is the the league giving carte blanche to russell wilson to go inside in, into seattle seahawks stadium cut open his opponents and let his kids go potty inside of them like a rest stop bathroom that's that's <laughs> what this is this is yeah. not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. It is going to be a, a him stomping a mud hole in them and walking it dry because the Seahawks quite literally have nothing that they, in their possession to stop that man from just walking in there and just taking a dump on their field. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what this is going to be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Denver Broncos all day. You know, I mean, we got Geno Smith uh, and the, the other guy. I keep, uh, you know, we just talked about him on the pod. So who's that? Drew Lock. Drew Lock. Yeah, you, you got those two guys. And then you obviously don't have the Legion of Boom anymore. No. You obviously don't have, you still have You still have Tyler Lockett, you know, but who else do you have? You yeah. know, it's Denver all, it's Denver all day. The, the league has has taken a look at this whole scheduling situation and said, "I'm just going to let." And this is it's going to be a mugging. That's mm. all this is. It's a mugging, and people need to understand that. People need to uh, like realize this is a mugging. It's not going to be one of those. And the league is going to be selling it on Monday Night Football, like, "Oh yeah, you know, Russ Wilson goes to play his old team, and it's going to be such a good game." No, 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 no. It's going to be a carjacking. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. It's going to be Russ Wilson coming in and taking his cleated foot and shoving it squarely in the crotch of Peach Car- Pete Carroll and company uh, right in the middle of Seattle. I mean, that's that's all this game is going to be. It's not going to be competitive. It's going to be a disaster. But uh, that is our predictions 
for week one in the NFL. Um, and Alex, we, we are ready to rock and roll week one in the NFL around the corner. We're going to be jumping into this stuff uh, on Thursday. Man, I'm fired up. I've been waiting for this for months and months. I know you have. I know Tyler has. I know your brother Andrew has. I know our boy Ray Collins has. It's going to be a wild ride uh, moving into this season. And uh, before we get out of here, i got to give a few quick shout-outs to uh, to uh, some one of our wonderful businesses out there. First of all, Patch, uh, Patched Miracle Photography is um, – oh, yeah. Man, a- Andrew Langland and his his uh, wife Chantel, they are two of the most outstanding people I know in the photography business. They are wonderful. They Amanda and I, we personally um, just loved the work that they did, and they made our special wedding day even more special. Uh, they went above and beyond. Honest yep. to God, above and beyond, and and we have since then gone back for pictures. If you're looking for great pictures, please go to Patch uh, Patch Miracle Photography. I I can't stress it enough. These guys are just amazing. They did great baby pictures of the twins. They did our our you know uh, maternity pictures. They did uh, our our uh, engagement photos. They did our wedding photos, and it has just been so awesome. Having Andrew and Chantel there, they are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. I can't stress it enough. We even got to have a cigar with them after the wedding. Um, yeah. Just, just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, True professionals. Oh, absolutely. And the the photo quality is just be out of this world, out mm-hmm. of this world. I can't tell you, dude. The 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 photo quality that we got in those pictures, man. We actually we took one of those pictures and we blew it up as a a canvas photo. Because it was so beautiful, and we we hung it up in our living room. That's how much we loved the pictures that they took, and and it just looks so awesome. I am so happy with the results there, folks. Patch Miracle Photography, please, if you are in the the Metro Detroit area, if you're in Michigan, check them out. Andrew and Chantel are amazing. They're just awesome people. Um, next up, I want to give a shout out to uh, FaceKickedApparel.com. Our boys over at FaceKicked Apparel, you know who you are, Sean Stockmire and his wonderful wife. Um, they do all of your custom t-shirts, hoodies, hats, pants, jackets, uh, you name it, you pick it, he sticks it over at FaceKickedApparel.com. Dude, some of the best, most high quality uh, t-shirts I've seen. I still have my shirt from... From uh, Verdi's, uh, uh, you know, uh, my wife Holly's memorial show, I, you know, yep. it, it was just, it was outstanding. It's yep. very high quality stuff. Andrew, you it, know all about it. This is amazing stuff. Absolutely, you know, my t-shirt drawer is chock full of shirts from Face Kicked Apparel, and the man is an absolute machine. You know, he is cranking this stuff out week after week. You know, he has a, has a most positive attitude. Yeah, so get your order in quick. I mean, it's going to take a while for him to get in contact with you because he's backed up like the Michelin man. But, I mean, he is a, he, he, you will get a quality product from that man. Oh, it's, my it's, God. I've never seen somebody pump out so many awesome T-shirts. Just, just, I mean, and he's getting through them. These orders, he's, he's chug-a-lugging through these things every time I, I i hear from the guy he's he's chugging out more orders chugging out more orders chugging out more alex i gotta tell you i have never seen somebody with uh, that level of work ethic oh yeah i mean uh, he's he's a uh, oh, a wrestler he, he's an employee 
and he runs his own business and man he is just going and it is, and he's a dad too i mean it is what is a, a husband and a father <clears throat> about to be a father of three congratulations Sean. yes <clears throat> very very cool stuff please check it out facekickapparel.com uh awesome 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 business also please check out it's your time massage over at iytmassage.com you can uh, check out my wonderful wife amanda's work she's a wonderful massage therapist she does all of the the wonderful uh, uh swedish deep tissue massages she does cbd oil all that good stuff she does couples massages you name it she probably does it uh you know man i'll tell you what she's a tremendous massage therapist she's the uh, an absolute professional uh and i couldn't be more proud you know honestly. Yep. and she and she is uh, taking clients now is she not yes she is taking clients now that we're we're through the pregnancy thing and we've got the twins here and and She's rocking and rolling now, so she is taking bookings, iytmassage.com, or you can uh, book on Facebook as well at It's Your Time Massage. Awesome work, and it and it's wonderful. And uh, I also got to talk about a couple of these gaming streams here. Condor's Gaming Corner, my friend. That, that That's was, me. <laughs> uh, doing awesome stuff over there. Very entertaining stuff. Very fun to watch. Uh, I've actually been checking out some of the games that you guys have been playing because I'm interested in those games, and I actually want to like jump into them like you guys were doing paper mario for a little while there and i don't wanted to get into paper mario um and and you guys actually convinced me to go out and buy the game because i'm like hey, this is actually looking pretty fun so that's great so and you know every you know every tuesday night uh you know sometimes it's wednesday due to andrew's work schedule but every tuesday or wednesday night we do this thing called voice acting uh, that's what we were doing with the Paper Mario stuff. We're doing a Phoenix right right now. We basically just take a game with a bunch of dialogue and we act it out, give it voices, and you know, give breathe life into the characters as much as we can, you know. And it's a blast. You know, we may be retooling the channel a little bit. We may be using those not as live streams but as YouTube uploads in the near future. Uh, but do it, do yourself a favor and check us out, you know, and I'm also, I'm also out there in the universe, uh, in war zone or doing, um, uh, there's a, there's a series where I'm picking up on, on the borderland series, you know, I got a couple of other ideas up my sleeve. So yeah, check us, check me out, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be updating my schedule weekly. Yeah. The, you guys have been, um, it, it's almost like it's very informative for someone like me who is a, uh, a, I'm not an avid gamer, I guess you could say, but I am a guy who is is very much into gaming, and I, I want to, like, if I see a game that I'm I'm super interested in, or if I see a game that people are playing, and I'm like, ooh, that looks like fun, I'll jump out, and I'll go ahead and get it, um, and I'll jump into that game, so I appreciate you guys, I've been watching you guys' stuff, and uh, very entertaining while I'm at work as well, so I, and I, <laughs> I jump in, and you know, every now and then you'll see me uh, jump out in the chat and, and harass you guys. And you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm one giant for the record, for the people that do check out that chat. I am one giant boob dick and fart joke. That's yeah. Life. Hashtag so, ch hashtag chastity belt. It's a yeah. it's a stream. It's a stream highlight on my Twitch channel. Go yeah. look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please. Uh, please check it out. And also I have one more shout out to Big Willie Dubs Gaming over there. Our boy Will. Uh, and his stream, he's been doing great work over there as well. Uh, I enjoy his stream a lot. I, I go on there and bug him every now and then. He's his schedule had to change. He did uh, he did have to change it up. But man, he is putting in the work, working nights, coming home, streaming by day. I mean, and and also being dad and husband all at the same time. Man, I'll tell you what, that guy is putting in some work to get that stuff done. So mm -hmm. 
goes to Big Will over at Big Willie with the Upstate Gaming. And uh, folks, those are our sponsors. And thank you so much, uh, Alex, for joining us today. Um, it's always a pleasure, always an honor. Yeah, um, pleasure and honor is all mine as well. Yep, and I'm I'm glad that uh, you got to, you got to jump in. I'm expecting your picks on a weekly basis. Um, all right. So- you know, so I I do expect your picks. You can send them in the group chat or whatever. But at the end of the year, I want to go over the at least the guys who do participate. I want to go over and and uh, tally up the scores and find out who the true champion is. So we're not just having this one on one battle between Tyler and I. We're gonna have ourselves a multi man battle here to see who is the actual champion of the. Uh, I I don't want to gimmick in fridge espn and say pigskin pick them but you know our, our, uh, <laughs> Who, who's going to be wearing the swami helmet at the end of the day <laughs> yeah exactly so we'll we'll figure it out but we're going to keep score tyler's usually pretty good about keeping score but maybe i'll uh keep track out week over week we'll find out but alex thanks so much for joining us folks thank you so much for listening i hope everybody enjoys their week one of the nfl season uh back to football baby that's where we're at and uh you guys enjoy it. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Labor Day tomorrow. And uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at the Outside Blitz at gmail.com.